of Christ is compelling me to be live. Two months ago, the legendary filmmaker Billy Friedkin passed away at the age of 87. We have talked quite a bit about Friedkin. We have done episodes on both The French Connection and Sorcerer. However, in the middle of those two movies, there's a huge cultural event that skyrocketed Billy Friedkin to global fame. At the same time as Friedkin was finishing The French Connection in 1971, for which he took home Best Picture, Best Director, and Gene Hackman won Best Actor, William Blatty, who had been a student at Georgetown, was getting ready to release his novel, The Exorcist. The Exorcist was not originally meant to be a novel. It was going to be a true account of a 1949 exorcism on a boy named Roland Doe in Washington, D.C. by two Jesuit priests. Read a story in the Washington Post about a, a young man living in the area who supposedly uh, had been possessed and uh, exorcised of a demon. There are also a lot of stories on the campus about it. Apparently the exorcist or exorcists uh, were boarded for a period of days at, on the university campus and, and people will talk and little details would filter into our, uh, our lectures in class. And I determined at that time, I was so fascinated by it. And I thought, my, if, if this could be researched and, and validated, authenticated, what a tremendous piece of corroboration it would be for all we're being taught here at the oldest Catholic university in America. 
Vladdy had heard this story and became fascinated with it and tried to track down the facts behind it. Roland Doe, obviously not his real name, was not tracked down until 2021 after dying in 2020. Vladdy did manage to track down Father William S. Bodern, who was the lead Jesuit priest, but did not manage to get enough information about the exorcism. So I set out to find the exorcist in the case I had heard about when I was at Georgetown. And I did. His name was Father William F. Bowdern, a Jesuit, who at that time was uh, posted at St. Louis University. And he was eager to cooperate with me, but he went to his archbishop, or then the cardinal, who had given a vow of absolute and total secrecy and confidentiality to the family of the, the young boy, the victim in that case. And uh, he wrote back to me that uh, they, they couldn't get it, that he could tell me nothing. But he could tell me one thing. At the end of his letter, he said, I can tell you one thing. The case I was involved with was the real thing. I had no doubt about it then. I have no doubt about it now. Deep into research and not wanting to start over, Vladdy turned his book into a novel. Interestingly, decades later, Thomas B. Allen would write a book, Possessed, the true story of an exorcism on the case, in the 1990s after tracking down the last surviving team member and getting Bodern's diary from a mental institution. But Vladdy's novel instead focused on a real exorcism ritual, but invented the characters and story. about an 11-year-old girl named Reagan McNeil, the daughter of a famous actress who gets possessed by a demonic force and the two priests who exorcise the demon. The book was finally released in 1971, the same year The French Connection came out. Unlike The French Connection, nobody paid attention to this quasi-religious novel of an antiquated ritual. However, things changed when two guest cancellations on The Dick Cavett Show ended up with Blatty talking with the audience about whether the devil exists. This episode of Dick Cavett seems to have been lost to time, but has been confirmed by both Cavett and Blatty. The book became a success as Blatty kept going on the talk show circuit and people started hearing more about it. Blatty had experience with screenwriting after multiple collaborations with Blake Edwards, including A Shot in the Dark, probably my favorite of the Pink Panther movies. Now then, Hercule, what is the inescapable conclusion? Maria Gambrelli killed the chauffeur. What? You idiot! Impossible! She's protecting someone! How do you know that? Instinct! But the facts? You are forgetting the most important fact. Motive! He beat her. He was Spanish. He tore her dress off. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Would you kill somebody who tore your dress off? No, I suppose not. No, of course not. He had written a screenplay based on his novel and wanted to produce it. After originally flirting with the idea of just doing it as a screenplay, after the original factual book fell apart. It was purchased by Warner Brothers, who began cycling through the director Rolodex. Vladdy had an idea of who he wanted, Billy Friedkin, who he knew and had admired from the French Connection. However, Warner Brothers wasn't sure and tried to attach other directors, including Mike Nichols and Mark Rydell. But when they fell through, Vladdy had been insisting on Billy Friedkin, and the buzz from the French Connection finally allowed Warner Brothers to be satisfied. I saw it in an office that was either Billy's office or a 
It was 666 Fifth Avenue. As a matter of fact, that's where the editing was done. 660s. I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. You, you remember it now. I do yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, I saw it. I recall standing up in a moviola in this office. Freakin brought along his director of photography, Owen Roisman, and they decided to film the entire thing with natural light, like they had done in The French Connection. Casting was a type of mess that foreshadowed what the difficult film shoot would end up being like. Going through a long list of possibilities, including Carol Burnett, who Warner Brothers rejected, it would have been her first serious acting role, and Billy Friedkin wanted to hire her, and three A-list actresses, Audrey Hepburn, Anne Bancroft, and Jane Fonda were considered, but didn't end up being right. Shirley MacLaine was good friends with Blatty and had considered being a producer, but Friedkin didn't hire her. Ellen Burstyn was hired to play Chris after insisting it was her destiny, and Stacey Keach to play the priest. Then, a playwright and stage actor named Jason Miller, who had actually trained as a Jesuit priest for three years before having a crisis of faith, like Dr. Damien Karras, who was acquainted with Billy Friedkin, asked to read the script, even though Keach had been cast. It was a weird twist of destiny, and he fit the part perfectly. Keach stepped aside. Casting the little girl to play Reagan was yet another mess. Studios were unsure that a little girl could carry a role that big. A list of 600 little girls was drawn up, but it wasn't until Eleanor Blair came unannounced with her daughter Linda, who had done 70 commercials and some soap opera work, that Freakin' and Blatty found their Reagan. Thus began one of the most famously difficult and sinister movie shoots of all time. Things got so bad that crew members began believing it was a haunted set. Ellen Burstyn claims that nine people died during the production, including an assistant, cameraman's baby, and a night watchman, as well as close relatives of two big cast members. The actor Jack McGowan, who dies after falling out of the window as Burke Dennings, died of a real-life flu during the film's production. Crew members lost a thumb and a toe. Okay, don't pull her so hard. But as I turned away, I felt them exchange a look. And he said, give it to her this time. <laughs> and I said, really? And he says... Give it to her. And this is Ellen Burstyn, right? She's a nice lady. And so I said, okay. So when I hauled off, she came completely off her feet. You see me hit and you see me reach for my back. I screamed in horrendous pain. Billy motioned to Owen to tilt the camera down on me. And I saw it and I was so furious and said, turn the effing camera off because I couldn't stand that he was willing to just get a quick shot of it before they called the ambulance, you know. Linda Blair fractured her back and Ellen Burstyn was given a back injury, both from bad harnesses. Things got so bad that Freakin humored everyone by inviting Father Thomas Birmingham, who was consulting on the film, to perform an exorcism on the set of The Exorcist. He didn't do that, but he did bless the crew. The set also caught fire, leading to a month-down shutdown of production. Friedkin didn't make the set any easier, slapping actors, keeping them on edge, and trying to get the most natural possible reactions. He also regularly fired crew members in almost bipolar fits of rage. This all paid off in the end, when The Exorcist became a cultural sensation. Lines stretched for hours after all these rumors from the set leaked. People claimed to faint, or even know people who had committed suicide after watching it. Warner Brothers premiered it officially the day after Christmas Day to stoke controversy. 
But the Vatican did not take the bait and denounce it, even though the Society of Catholic Bishops moaned about the date. However, many lower-level religious workers, including a whole list of Jesuit priests, either denounced or praised it. Billy Graham, not a Catholic, but the most famous preacher in America, believed the film itself was possessed. This all added up to a juggernaut $441 million box office. The Exorcist has been hailed as one of the scariest movies of all time. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Damien! <laughs> anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bratonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, Frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. Jay Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Gives of an Argument, co host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Matthew, Film Guy Weiss, is a film editor including Black Bear and the soon-to-be-available Britney Snow movie Parachute, is the Majority Report film contributor, teaches an online film class at Common Point Queens, link in description, and is on Letterboxd at Langdon Boom. <laughs> I, of course, am Father Forrest Miller, your host and official lapsed Catholic. The power of Christ is less compelling than I wish it was. Lincoln description would be a great name for a show, by the way, uh, yes. in this day and age. Yes. Yes. Not as good as, uh, or not as bad as LinkedIn description. LinkedIn description, show. I would not it's subscribe that to just, that, no. That just, uh, the podcast just scrolls LinkedIn and describes what they're seeing. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> want to be LinkedIn Park for Oof. Halloween this year? Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. Matthew, welcome back. It's been a hot minute, man. Thank you, sir. Great to be here with all of you folks, even if I'm under uh, this, the circumstances of the movie that legitimately scared the shit out of me the most of any movie ever. But I'm really? willing to face my really? fears. Really? That, that didn't scare me. I saw it when I was like 11, unedited. Maybe I, I should have seen it earlier. I, saw, I didn't see it until I was in my 20s, and I saw a revival of it in a, in a theater. And yeah. Really did not want to ever see it again or talk about it, but you guys. Are <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's all for me. Yeah, yeah, there, exactly. There's a generational, or not maybe maybe not generational, but like, um, I feel like like now. I can't wait to hear what you say next. By the way, no, but people. Are, <laughs> no, I just feel like we're we're in a day and age where like or like you know going over time, people are way more desensitized to stuff. Like the Exorcist mm. is legitimately terrifying. But I feel like there's just been so many like movies yeah, about back in 1996. People were so ignorant and naive. Yeah, pre like all this saw torture porn. I don't, think it's, porn I don't think it's a good thing that people are way more desensitized now. I think that leads to way more, uh, you know, people being way more just 
fine with violence. And I think that's a real life thing too. It's not just horror movies. It's like, you know, the fact that we have a mass shooting every week. Well, and also yeah. what what I dislike about all this torture porn stuff that is like what apparently constitutes modern horror movies is that it's it's artless too. Like there yeah. there's no there's no art to it of which that that's like the opposite of this. Like Exorcist is like the kind of film that like even people that don't like horror movies like yeah, but you got to say Exorcist is pretty pretty good Me. film. I there's a there's a really interesting um William Blatty who wrote it and who wrote the screenplay um Billy. believes <laughs> no, he's William. Billy, Billy is the freaking. But, uh, is, but, uh, is that why he goes by Billy? Because I think that was his preferred uh, nomenclature, right? Is to is to go by Billy for, for people he liked anyway. Everyone else is Mr. Friedkin, like uh, NWR. Refn gets but, uh, called Mr. Friedkin. But no, so, so um, William Blatty believes that the reason that this movie is so terrifying isn't actually any of the horror elements or the possession elements. It's the medical stuff. Like throughout the movie, mm. we're inundated with. A lot of the med like real medical information about how you know how your brain works like that you there's the amazing shot of the uh not ekgs but like the um you know the brain scans right like you see that the, 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 the 70s x-rays yeah yeah and they used real x-ray machines and it's really doctors that are surrounding you through it yeah. and, and a real believed, serial killer um uh doing the uh procedure he <laughs> but he, he he believes that it's the medical it's the medical side of things that really terrify us more. I'm than... not picking that up at all, by the way. I'm the not, doctor yeah, ended up is. killing people in real life. Well, I, I agree that it's not just the uh, sort of uh, spooky, spooky, dooky stuff, but it's also ooh, the ooh, idea ooh. of your child being completely alien to you and out of yeah. control and the family right. being torn apart. That is just so disturbing from the peeing yeah. on the carpet to the, all the fuck me stuff. It's just, it's yeah. absolutely just transgressive to any sense of normalcy. So yeah, that's all definitely and and i think the diagnostic like the not knowing what's wrong with your child for the majority of the yeah. movie, right? the exorcism only takes place in the last 25 minutes like for a yeah. lot of it it's just like what the fuck is wrong with yeah, like, something is wrong with my child and i can't take care of it i, I they, yeah. they don't yeah. even make the connection to to uh father Karras until like i think almost an hour into the movie maybe almost yeah and, yeah. and linda blair was such like a, a a very like pretty wholesome like young girl right like she's She's the perfect, perfectly cast in this. And like for her to um and I, I really right. like that she's that as like, you know, her whole life she's embraced the exorcist thing because there's a lot of child actors that like are like, oh, I'm not fucking touching the thing that I was in that made me the most famous, right? She's yeah. all up, she's all, you know, all in for like the exorcist theme things. But it, it's she's such a wholesome looking kid that when she turns into the devil and gets her like five hours a day of makeup to, you know, be become this fucking possessed thing that's wholly otherworldly, right? Like it really does hit you hard because like you see you, you in your mind you have it imprinted that like she's like she's such a cute kid in the beginning of it and it's like the transformation yeah. just hits you so much harder for that yeah that's puberty <laughs> yeah. well and she was uh i believe she was oscar nominated like not didn't win but i think she was oscar nominated as for supporting actress if i, if oh, I remember sure. correctly yeah. yeah which which is like I, I don't know if that is the record but it's pretty close to the record if not yeah, and another thing too is the fact that she had to say all those lines, like words that no 11, 12 year old should say. Just saying. But you know, but, but we all know that, you know, <laughs> Mercedes for Cambridge got to cover all those lines with her very recognizable, like very harsh uh, voice. Swallowing egg yolks and all that. Wait, so I'm gonna have the, this is this is silent. I turned the but this is her screen test. We can while we're while we're beginning to talk about this. I, That's I how I prefer more of the show to be is silent. Kidding, <laughs> yeah. but jokes. no. Oh, so, look how cute she is. I just you know so like you know while we're talking about this because 
they they put up the screen test, but it just had the um, it just had the uh, the music. But yeah, I think that this is like you know. Her, her so this is her doing the so. screen test with that one person. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you know, it's just makeup like test. the makeup test. Like she really goes through it with uh, you know, the full the full fledged makeup in this, and <laughs> she's having fun. Yeah. Did they ask her to have to say all the curse words to see if she could? Or I wondered if that was just we'll throw that in at the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if they. Your mother cooks sucks in hell. Yeah. One one thing that I find really fascinating. <laughs> she's is a that, Um, she, when when she's been interviewed about it, she says that the reason that she thinks that she could do this is because she was Protestant, like her family raised her Protestant mm, and not uh, Catholic. And she's like, "There's no way that like a Catholic." So like, she's like, in my mind, like the devil is just you know, it's the same as uh, any number of like you know, like comic book characters or something, right? Like it's not a real yeah, devil. Thing. I got my own problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like so she so she was saying that like it's not it's not a force that she like ever believed in or had any information about. Right. So she's like, oh, it's just another you know another like fictional character that I'm portraying. It's not like a. So so she was nominated but did not win for best supporting actress, but she did win a Golden Globe. Oh yeah. Blair. So there you go. Just a little, little for the awards. She deserved. She deserved a lot Catholics of awards for that. The world. <laughs> <laughs> I I find it interesting that the Catholic Church didn't take the bait because I feel like they're known for taking the bait on this kind of thing because they literally made that they it, did um, not take the bait. Was that? Is they that didn't, well, they didn't yeah. So they literally made it. Uh, they literally released it the day after Christmas, hoping uh-huh. that the Catholic Church would come out and denounce it. Like, there's literally like a line. They're like, the best thing for this movie's promo would have been if like. You know, like the Pope or somebody come out. Like Last Temptation of Christ and stuff. or Which uh, they've done on so many different occasions. Somehow they didn't take the bait on The Exorcist. Which is weird. Wild. (laughs) Now, now, uh, how many... They were learning. They were like, I I know I'll take the bait. (laughs) (laughs) How many of you uh, could watch it as a child? Uh, Because I know Christina did. Um, My parents, like... Uh, I got to see like RoboCop and, and Predator as a kid, but I could not see uh, The Exorcist. Yeah, I did get to see Exorcist three at a friend's house, but uh, you know that what RoboCop <laughs> and the and the Predator are clearly on God's side. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, I didn't see Exorcist until I was basically delving into film for my own edification as a quasi adult slash late teen, uh, and also an aficionado of horror movies that are far inferior to this. Uh, I, I saw, <laughs> lately they later recanted on <laughs> i'm like oh no I, I this, this movie's to, terrible <laughs> i was able to see like enough uh enough scenes from the exorcist like as a kid and my mom talked about it all the time but she was catholic mm-hmm. so she wouldn't have let me like you know actually watch the entirety of it oh I, I, so that's thank you for saying that for us because i think that's an important point uh, i grew up basically irreligious like i did not grow up with religion at all so therefore it wasn't like it was like oh this is scary oh it's, it's a you know You'll go to hell if you see this movie. It was just sort of like, oh, yeah. It's, my dad was like, it's way too intense for you, which is crazy because yeah. I had the same experience. I've seen both Predator and, Robo- <laughs> and RoboCop <laughs> and uh, many other very violent movies, at it, which he thought was fun. Basically, yeah. if it was a movie that he thought was cool and or had a hot chick in it, he would let me see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was his I- metric. My when my I dad actually had a similar had a similar metric. He let me watch um <laughs> he let me watch Caddyshack a bunch of times and yeah. like he oh like, yeah like, once Hell they yeah. got yeah and and he uh he really liked stripes and he liked the mud wrestling scene in that. But then the second <laughs> that came on he he'd be like stripes he'd, he'd be like he'd be like go to bed 
and that that's the t- the point in stripes i've watched so you've only seen stripes up to the mud wrestling scene like four or five times <laughs> what were you gonna say christina there well i mean i saw this when i was 11 unedited like not not on tv or whatever like i rented it or something like that Damn. and uh i was like this movie is you know terrifying i'm like i found it entertaining i found it good i just didn't find it scary just because again i was so desensitized when i was really young to other horror movies like alien and aliens and the nightmare Upstreet yeah. franchise but my mom was like oh your uncle your uncle was so terrified he had nightmares he threw up it was bad when it first came out but and what, I was like, what year was this what year does this come i mean it's way before, it's before 73 yeah it's before anyone on this panel was born right so like i, I love the i love the idea though that rosemary's like, baby maybe is the only thing i can think of that was like similar like oh my god you know like yeah at the time Christina, I love the idea that you're like, oh, I'm not afraid of the devil possessing me. Now, if there was an alien in my stomach that burst out, that, <laughs> yeah. that actually, that actually, happen. today we we did which horror death you would do, and I picked the uh, chest burster over getting eaten by Jaws. Okay, so was, I'm good I with that. I was able to watch Full Metal Jacket when I was pretty young too. Andy, can you update the tote board on that, please? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I mean this. This is. I mean this is. You know, what's the joke? Those are different times, right? This was different times, though. The, yeah. the, like the mainstreaming of horror movies was still like uh, maybe like ten years away. And yeah, nothing I, that gory or you know like provocative to say the least. I mean, a lot of horror films were very art house related that weren't really very uh, popular. They had more of like an underground uh, fan base. What do, you, what do you guys? What do you guys think about? I'm interested to hear from Matthew about this too. The fact that, like, um, real quick, certainly nothing with a yeah. child too. That's what yeah. I wanted to, to throw out. Okay, well, so, so this is, this is related to that part of it. What do you guys think about the fact that one of the more terrifying things I think about this is that it's shot in like a very documentary style. Um, mm. Like it's shot in a very matter of fact style. They use the natural light, the same as they did in like you know like the French Connection, like. Like, uh, Freakin purposely shot it a lot like he did the French Connection. Like, it's yeah. a lot grittier. It's using the natural light in the room. They they make sure that, like, they never uh, over over light the entire room, right? Like, that's a big part of their shooting style. And they use, like, the realistic lenses to make it feel like you're watching something that's actually just being filmed in front of you rather than watching, you know, a horror movie that gives you some kind of distance from it. Yeah, this is definitely smack dab right in the middle of that new Hollywood movement in the 70s of treating film less like a a Broadway production and more like, you know, down earth level, street level kind of thing. And I think that does absolutely add to why this feels so creepy, because, you know, say what you want about the way the makeup looks dated today. Everything else around the movie is treated super matter of factly. From the lighting, even the score, you know, even that tubular bells, it's just like a song. It doesn't necessarily pull your heartstrings or creep you out. It has this weird kind of feel to it. So it's very, uh, I think it's highly explained by the, you know, I don't know what else you call it, but straight face kind of uh, treatment of devil, Satan, and so on. And it actually, even especially from the beginning, you know, the, the whole part in, I guess it's Iraq, right? Where they're at the beginning, that, yeah. that by itself feels like a whole other movie that sets this tone of very, you know, like, uh, oh, what's this know, all about? Yeah. Straight <laughs> yeah I, even when I first watched it, I was like, what? I'm like, I thought this was about like a girl being possessed. Like it's for some people, they seem like the beginning seems like kind of slow and things don't get interesting until, you know, Chris and Reagan are introduced. See, I find archaeology interesting though. So, it, it does yeah. tie back though. Like what Matthew was. <laughs> yeah. Is, the statue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's why the uh, the the edit that uh, Spielberg put out has him going. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> there it is. Well, Matthew, do you want not... do you want to finish that point, or shall we just yeah. chat more things from other movies? <laughs> I'm happy to just keep hearing scenes from other movies. <laughs> You're the uh, right I, show. I will well, say then, then he doesn't have to think about the Exorcist. Yeah. yeah, let's change the subject. You want to talk about the Smurfs movie? What what else is there? <laughs> I forgot that uh, existed. Wow. Yeah. When it comes to makeup, we all know, like, of course, uh, Linda Blair had to get the makeup done or stuff. But also, too, Max von Sydow was given makeup to make himself look a lot older. Ironically, he ended up looking a lot like that when he got older. 43 yeah. is how old he that, was. You right? wouldn't even think. that The makeup was so good then. I am going to be 46 next month. Or month in a, a few days. Uh, yeah. Like, People age differently now. <laughs> well, all those uh, all those Bergman movies puts a lot of miles on the tires. You know, it's not right. The, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not the years. Yeah. It's miles. It's a mileage. Exactly. <laughs> and I got that too. But I'm still looking better than than he did at 43. Although I mean, he's got a he's he's also got a very storied face. Like it's it's definitely in the mouth. Like I yeah. think in in the in the cheeks and the mouth. Like his face feel like at any age, right? Like because I've seen things that he's been younger in and things he's been older. And Max von Sydow has a very storied uh, expression. I saw yeah. I saw the movie Mank on my birthday, uh, and like there's a there's a scene where he's like, oh well, he's you know Gary Oldman we're talking about. He's like, I'm 43, and I was like, oh, that's a hard 43. And that was literally the age that I turned when like like on that. So I saw it on my birthday, <laughs> turning 43. I was like, wow, you look like a sack of trash, man. I mean, peace and love. But uh, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, they they had to lock him. They had to lock him in the room and take the alcohol away from him. Right, right. And the, yeah, the idea of being that character obviously is a hard, hard living. <laughs> I, I I think it makes more sense for the the intro, the other sort of movie where he's like ran around over there. That like you don't get a sense for like why it's such a big deal to involve uh, Max's character because. Uh, unless you have that like you're like oh no this guy's like deep into this world and like has it there's a history behind it like there's a history like we're getting dropped in at like the 11th hour of a previous movie <laughs> of what he's been up to that's why he's yeah. not just a subject matter expert he's like the best there is at at, at this to a certain degree yeah well and and i mean i i think hi, mark. i find it i find oh, hi, it mark. um <laughs> i find it kind of fascinating <laughs> right like the catholic church is obviously kind of uh knee deep in like you know occult rumors and stuff like that and so for them to kind of rumors, um, no, what I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, though, there's a big, there's a big subtext in this that they're, that they're trying to move away from like the whole, like, woo woo, like the devil's coming and we're, we're, we're the exorcist yeah. people. And like, we believe in all the saints and the demons. And so they have the one guy that's, that's performed an exorcism in Africa, like not even in, you know, in this part of the world. And right. he's the one guy that they have to call in because it's like, this is the one guy who knows how to do this. Because and, it isn't like a we do this every t- average Tuesday kind yeah. of situation. No, it's a rare thing. <laughs> but, but on, but so on the outside, it Catholic feels propaganda like, yeah. to demonstrate that they don't really do exorcisms yeah. all the time. They have to yeah, call yeah. in some ringer. Which, if you're trying to piss people off for the, uh, you know, for the publicity of it, then like it actually reflects fairly well on the yeah. Catholic Church. It turns out the Catholics were doing a lot worse, but they didn't really talk about that. Well, and, yeah, that's a later movie, yeah. Yeah, and of course, speaking of what the uh, novel was based off of, the uh, Roland Dove's real name Rolling in the dough. is Ronald Edwin <laughs> Hunkelier. Hunkelier. We speak his name. Yes. So he died in 2020. They, so I'm, I'm surprised he never out, came forward. They found that out in 2020, right? Like they found out, I think, 
um like like at his death i'm pretty sure that or like right after his death it, yeah it was, it was like right around the time I'd, I'd love to, i'd love to like release a statement though like i'm that guy and i released a statement like releases on my death and it's like i was the kid that got the exorcism which by the way the the book mm. possessed or whatever that um that they wrote about that case it turns out he was just a dick he was just a like a petulant <laughs> child who had just like the worst temper tantrums of anybody like ever oh, and they man. were like Oh, this kid's possessed. Like we got to get it in the next. Call the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was like the truth because a guy went in and actually like read the diaries of everybody that was, mm-hmm. you know don't 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 read other people's diaries. Turns out this priest, kid was I just guess. an asshole. Yeah, pretty pretty much that's the conclusion that's come to at the end of this book. He's like, <laughs> yeah, this this kid just had like the worst temper tantrums anyone had seen, and they called it a priest. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, and then that, that's a. I think it's interesting. You know, we and we are discussing the movies. So I don't want to get too into the novel, but I think Blatty's interesting also because Billy Blatty, <laughs> Billy Blatty, as as Matthew calls him, uh, <laughs> that like he, he has a cinematic flair to him. I mean, like he he did direct, and we're not discussing it, so don't get any ideas, Andy. But he did direct uh, three Exorcist three, which was supposed to just be called Legion, and it was it's like complete and be a completely different film, not in the series. But he also did Ninth Configuration. Which is actually low key a fantastic movie that I wish more people would discuss. Maybe even this show someday. Uh, What's it called? Knights of Configuration. <laughs> the Ninth Configuration, yeah. And oh, ninth, ninth. Okay. And uh, yeah, I need to enunciate. But he's. Uh, I haven't actually read the book. I know that uh, Forrest, you were listening to the audio book earlier today. Yeah, I made it one hour about. before the end of it. I made it to the point where they're actually doing the exorcism, and then I was like, "Oh, right. time to jump on." <laughs> um, but my understanding is thing... it's fairly faithful, except for like the lack of vomit, right? I mean, <laughs> well, no, forget so it. Then there's no. It's, it's, <laughs> I came it's, for the vomit. <laughs> he, he pretty much he pretty much essentially took all the best parts of his novel and wrote the screenplay and just uh, stripped away like a lot of the the more uh, graphic and like diarrhea filled depictions of everything like there's just there's a lot of yeah there's so much description in the book really so he takes all the interactions pretty much like like really faithfully from his own book and puts them into the screenplay without like all of like the florid uh descriptions of of the room itself and what was going on in it and all of this you know backstory that he puts into it and stuff he also um before he was doing anything with the exorcist and stuff he had a comedy uh a comedy writing career where he was writing a lot of the Blake Edward <laughs> movies. For real? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he so he had okay, written you a shot. That. That's weird. Yeah, he wrote Shot in the Dark. He wrote the screenplay for that. The second Pink Panther movie, like the one that everyone says is like the best one. And he also wrote um hold on. He wrote uh You're talking about Blatty. Talking about Blatty. Yeah, Blatty. Billy Blatty wrote, is Matthew. Um, Billy, yeah. Yeah. Bill. He wrote uh <laughs> BB. What what did you uh what did you do in the war, Daddy? And he wrote uh john goldfarb please please come home and like he so he'd written all these comedy movies and he ended up bitching that after he uh after he pushed for this movie to get made because nobody was like hey we should adapt your novel he was going to warner brothers like hey i have this screenplay ready for a movie about my novel that i wrote that's kind of popular right now and they said all right we'll buy it um after that he was bitching about how that ruined his comedy writing career and it's like yeah well what did you think (laughs) (laughs) that's a shame you know you know what they say satan is easy comedy is hard yeah yeah absolutely people are talking about more and more Uh, also, and, and it also out the configuration is has Stacy Keach in it. Is that that can't be a mistake? That that's that's yeah. That's why I was uh, 
I was trying to keep right. it to the private yeah. chat, but yeah. Did I step on your? Uh, no, no. I'm just. I'm the one that always yells at people for not for getting off topic. So I wasn't going to drag us further off topic. Ninth Configuration is a very interesting film. Stacy Keach is in it. Uh, Robert Loggia. It's. It's. Uh, I'm glad he finally got his Blatty uh, Blatty directed film or you know written film because he was originally going to be in The Exorcist as the priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, and that's an interesting story, right? I mean, like there was a whole like thing with um, William. We're calling him freaking like talking about the casting and like how like like because it wasn't uh yeah it wasn't originally um home skillet uh you know my good buddy yeah. well and this this happened over and over again i can't remember his name right now yeah uh jason, <laughs> jason miller yeah jason miller. Yeah, but it, it's but such it a forget that's a nothing name that's like yeah, i'm sorry this kept happening throughout the, the thing right like they were considering a bunch of different people and ellen burston showed up and by the way classic move she was like Oh man, I feel like it's my destiny. I'm gonna like if I'm not in this, like you know, I have a premonition. This is, but I mean, was she wrong? She wasn't wrong, but but so that was the first casting decision too. But she's definitely yeah. But that was that was the first casting decision they made. The second one, they had already cast Stacey Keach, and then uh, Jason Miller showed up and was like, "Oh, I fit this description perfectly. I'm like a priest that you know, because he had been a a Jesuit. um, He actually had a background with it, right? Yeah, and he had been, and then he had a crisis of faith that made him." quit the church the same as his character yeah and you're all was, wrong uh, for this friend of, was he yeah, also he was, a boxer <laughs> yeah. no, and he was a he, boxer yeah he, <laughs> but he looked like one that was yeah, the thing definitely. Yeah. and he was a he was a like friend John of Friedkin that was like oh can i please read and he was just so good at it and he fits the description yeah. of the character in the novel he was like no, he's a, with... he was a milkman at the time yeah Say what <laughs> he, yeah he, he was he was a playwright a uh, part-time actor really? and yeah. his day job was being a milkman because, and, uh, because he had quit the church. Yeah, and so yeah. so so when uh, it was the yeah, Uber first, Eats of its day. Yeah. He first found out that uh, uh, you know Friedkin was uh, making the movie, and he he uh, you know because they had met and hit it off, and, and um, uh, he's he's like you know um, he's like can I come down there and just do a screen test? Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, and Friedkin's like, fine. Can you fly down tonight? He's like, I don't fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, because wow, God's okay. gonna God's gonna strike that, him down. Is that true, or was it a boy? I don't know, um, but but he got down to uh, to DC All where they were them. shooting and uh, read for the part, and Friedkin loved him. Uh, at, you know the screen him. test. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love it, dude. <laughs> exactly what he said. And one more little fact about the Ronald, you know, the Roland Doe. He actually knew his story was for the novel. Like he was so afraid growing up that people realized he was the basis of the Exorcist novel. That he he kept quiet. He's like, we also like they would leave the house on Halloween because he was afraid that people would like find out it was him. But I don't think there's never really been any photos released of him. But I mean, if, it turns if, out nobody if, cared. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like no one really knew who your your actual name until after you died, dude. Like, chill the fuck out. Well, we're Live all you life. Know, when nobody wants their uh, <laughs> their tantrums as a kid to come back to haunt them i guess you know? yeah is there any evidence that he became a nicer person as he got older he worked he didn't uh panels for nasa he was very much and also he was um days before he died he was given his last rites and uh family members are like he's been saved he's with god that's good Ugh, I'm like, and he, right. he's been exercised but never mind yeah. <laughs> i was in then i was out. well the first exorcism <laughs> the first exorcism didn't take but that second one Right before he, he died, that for, one. he worked for NASA. I wonder if that's why there's an astronaut in the uh, in the movie. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, was, yeah. There was an astronaut in the novel, which kidding. which has that great "you're gonna die up there" quote, which is uh, yeah. not. They don't use the quote in a butthole servers album, but they 
like have someone recreate the quote. Uh, oh really? Songs. Yes, they do. Which uh, um, um, Vladdy, Vladdy didn't know who he. Vladdy didn't know his identity or anything. I think like it's that. Independent Worm Saloon because I think it's going there, 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 there immediately after. I sh- I should know this, okay. but anyway, whatever. Nobody cares about you and me, Matt. So it's all right. <laughs> Vladdy wasn't able to discern uh, his identity when he was writing the book, so he wouldn't have known that he was an astronaut. But uh, or an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I, well, and it's, but that is an interesting, like, there's so much stuff in this movie. Like, I'd kind of forgotten about the whole, like, and it's right before she pees on the floor, right? If I remember correctly, that scene, like, that's, um, yeah, that's yeah. what she says directly before it. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, <laughs> that's the punctuation. Really. That's going to say, that's a way to get people to, the, yeah. the floor is yours in more yeah. ways than one. Yeah. Um, that there's also that, it's such an interesting uh combination of people. It's like a senator, it's like a joke, a senator, an astronaut, and a priest walk into a bar. And because it's all kind of a cultural <laughs> critique, right? She's this rich, you know, movie star, yeah. right? She's, she swims with all these highfalutin people, but she needs a poor, destitute priest who can't afford to even put his mom in a you know, a comfortable home to save her daughter. Which that guilt is then weaponized against him uh, later on by the demon, of course. Uh, on the Ellen Burson thing, I think it's fascinating that right before Exorcist, this is 73, uh, she's King of Marvin Gardens right before that. Last picture show uh, before that. Classic. Like, like she's, she was on quite the run. Like, was Alex right doesn't live here anymore before that? If so, it's not. Uh, it's right, right after. after. It's like the okay. year after. It's, there's, she was in a couple things, but that was the the big the big the big yeah. hit of the of the bunch. But yeah, I mean, what often forgotten about until until Requiem for a Dream, which right. she was mm-hmm. very deserving of the honors that she she got. In Fair that, enough, he incredible. brought her back in a big way. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, that's, <laughs> I just wanted to get wanted to get my burst and trivia in there because I think that's interesting. Like that's I mean, uh, just being in the extras alone, but like to be in Last Picture Show like the year before that, it's like Jesus jumping. Across. Oh, um. Okay, so Blatty, uh, Blatty with Friedkin and Scorsese all yeah, get the freaking triumvirate. Yeah, it would have been it would have been such a different movie though. Like I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that um, Friedkin originally wanted to cast Carol Burnett. Yeah, yeah. I think she would have been awesome. I this is the first I heard of that, but she would. I think she would have done. She is a really good dramatic actress, but like, yeah, yeah, that was her comedy that made her famous, right? And it would have. That would have like changed the course of history to a certain degree. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, they, they probably would have had a scene where we're making films on her ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was making my own polio her, her ear joke, but yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. first to the post. That's whoever yep. gets it. <laughs> that's, that's what this show is. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, she was even I know, in. I've been here. She was even mm-hmm. in. Uh, what is it? Uh, Better Call Saul, right? That was. Uh, she, yeah, she had yeah, that, that was great, awesome. That great role, and you know, like whatever. She's but it, it's literally be ninety it, now. <laughs> this movie comes out literally right in the middle of the Carol Burnett show's run. Like, yeah, that's how much it would have. Talk about a head fake, like yeah. Uh, what if, what if uh, Harvey, Harvey Corman would have fallen down the flight of stairs or something? You know, the whole. <laughs> I would not have been good. I I am your director. Your director. She's coming coming down the stairs and the gone with the wind and she dies. That's not, you know, I'm glad it went the way it went. (laughs) Can we talk? What's okay? What's everyone's favorite character in this movie? Because I think the detective, he's not like very accusatory. He's not, you know, judgmental or anything like that. He he just wants to stop. Yeah, he just wants to like figure out what happened. And he just wants to go see a movie with a priest. And and, like, that's the best Gus films. Part. It's the most relatable thing about, Honestly, it, about part three is like he's the same character 
and he's still going to see movies with priests. By the way, this was you saw part three. Yeah. Okay. I did too, but we're uh, we're not discussing it. This is this was Lee Cobb's like kind of his second act because he was he he was put uh, on the he was he was thrown out there with the Elliot Kazan. Uh, you know, like on, he was in other waterfront. He was in yeah. 12 angry men. Oh one of the God. greatest films of all time. Like he was, he was, I mean, it's interesting that he was in on the waterfront because he was one of the people that was brought in front of who act that eventually yeah. had to name and names after two years of kind of pushing back against that. So there's like a, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of people that were blacklisted, a whole bunch of people that did name names that are kind of uh, at loggerheads during that period, pretty much. And, you know, Lee J. Cobb's in the middle of that. Two years he after this movie, though, in Twelve Angry Men, he was the the asshole. It's yeah, one of the most memorable roles. Yeah, he was the, he was the angry one. <laughs> <laughs> the angriest of the angriest. One. They were all angry. That's, that's the average like, panel in this show. Of, <laughs> of all the Twelve Angry Men, you, my friend, are the angriest. Congratulations! I mean, I'm not kidding when I say it is one of my favorite films of all time. It's a perfect example. You, no, it's like, a good. You don't need anything good. but great performances yeah. and a great and a great script and the ability. Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, he also it's he also amazing. was the one that uh, originated um, Death of a Salesman. He was yes he he uh, yeah he was yeah, the, he was, yeah Willie Loman he was he, he was um, the definitive Willie Loman for a very long time and yeah I yeah. used to get him confused with Vic Tabak, which if you want to make a connection between Alice and Alice doesn't well, live here anymore yeah you see it I who see knows it. what I'm talking about all right it's good that's that's <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a nerdy stuff even for this show but I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh his character is great in this like and and like inadvertently humorous it's like it's like oh it just kind of seems like he wants to hang out yeah like and like the whole thing of like okay can i can i get a can i get it signed that's for my daughter oh no it's actually for me you know (laughs) that's a that's a great line that's really good yeah (laughs) i wonder if i wonder if uh um friedkin i'll just call him that Mm. was thinking like uh you know i made a movie with such asshole cops uh let me let me make this really like genuine nice guy kind of relatable dude in in this movie because he really is just so warm and he's supportive and he's just the facts ma'am right he's going wherever the facts lead him yeah the the only time he's not supportive and nice is when he gets spurned to go to the movies with the with the priest (laughs) (laughs) well he's hurt legitimately yeah Yeah. he gets those tickets for free man he wants to hook them up Uh, great performance by him on here. I've forgotten about him like getting the. He also uh, invented the salad, but that's never mind that. <laughs> he he uh, passed away shortly after uh, this movie came out, right? Like yeah, and this, oh, and wow. this is his, and this this feels like his like it. one of his swan songs, right? Like this is yeah. his, like second act that he gets after his, uh, af- you know, after the the who act controversy, which kind of comes at the height of his his fame, right? Like yes. Yeah. Was Agreed. it close enough to the movie that it could have been a no? Okay, he seventy six. No, like, so. Yeah, it was a few years later, but but uh, he didn't he didn't uh, get to do too many more films after this. The one, the one guy that did die in the during the course of this film um, is the guy that played the director Burke or whatever. That actor died. Oh, in, that's in right. A hotel in the Algonquin yeah. Hotel uh, no, of no, a quite, of yeah. a flu, yeah, bad flu. In the middle of the filming this movie, he finished the scenes and then died like weeks later. Yeah, he yeah. was really good in this one black comedy film called How I Win the War with Michael Crawford before Phantom of the Opera and John Lennon. Uh, John Lennon. Uh, yeah, yeah and that's a funny movie, and his character is hilarious because he just Plastic doesn't seem. He just doesn't like he he just doesn't seem like he's all there together. Like he just he's he's the one that keeps the humor and and you know and with 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 the group. 
Uh, Kinderman has one of the cooler lines too, not just funny lines, but like the, the if certain British doctors never ask what is this fungus, who wouldn't today have penicillin? Like I think yeah. that that's like when you think about the discovery process again, going back to the earlier part of the conversation of like it doesn't just jump right into the religiosity aspect of it. It's like they're trying to figure out what's going on. Like that idea of critical thinking and discovery being brought up by a cop. <laughs> Is, is well, first of all, revolutionary in this day and age because you know, in this day and age, they just shoot freaking, yeah. Well, body says, body says, in his in his mind, rough in, chuckle. In his, Sorry, everyone, in, in his mind, it's not a um, like it. in, in his mind, it's not a uh, a horror movie, it's a supernatural detective movie, right? Right, exactly, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And if you there think the jump scare though, in the beginning of the movie, uh, that when she goes into the uh, attic and she's looking around for uh rats or whatever it's carl yeah oh, yeah yeah. yeah 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 the german guy who gets accused of being a nazi at the party he's swiss yeah uh, he is he is swiss. i have a feeling he was right i have a feeling he was well, yeah, that's such a weird like what where did that come from like i also thought that might have been like insinuating that pazuzu was making everybody angrier in the house like oh, okay. he's more belligerent i don't know if that yeah that could be it one one of the things about the novel that's different than the movie is it, it gives the Carl character way more of a backstory. Like it gives him a daughter that uh, Reagan tortures him with, and is like, "Oh, go get more heroin for your daughter." He has like a heroin addicted daughter that they tell everyone is dead, but she's actually just like a heroin addict. And that was family probably a studio somewhere. in the seventies. And yeah, well, and so and he's like uh, he had been arrested for stealing drugs for someone's house but it was really i think his daughter you're supposed to think that had taken the drugs or he did it for his daughter and like so it gives like this whole backstory for this swiss guy that literally doesn't matter for the rest of the movie except that reagan gets to torture him with it yeah he's just there to get busted on basically that's his only real reason for being in the film yeah but now is there this is i was again just re-watching the beginning of this movie a little bit earlier today and is there how much evidence is there that of this storyline that burke is that his name, the director? Yeah, Art uh, Jennings, yeah. Yeah, that that he had some inappropriate relationship with Reagan somehow. I've yeah, I've heard a few of these. Yes. Yeah. You guys theories. buy that? Yeah, a few, no, yeah, I've heard a few. But I but oh, thanks. Uh thanks guys. But whatever it is he uh, pays for because he gets thrown out the window. He's the first to go out the window. Yeah. Twisted head too. Twisted head and then pushed out the window. Yeah. So um <laughs> yeah like that's one thing that he's like you know one thing is weird is that his whole head was twisted oh, like, oh i forgot that part yeah so yeah. something he must down happen. 30 flights of stairs so i don't know if that was all right so yeah. so the like novel gives more the novel gives more backstory on this part of it too so the the head going fully back is a sign of the occult that um when they used to do the black mass and there's a scene where they're talking about the black mass in the movie um, one of the things with the black mass is that they would kill someone and then they would twist their head all the way around. And that was like a sign that they were using a human sacrifice to give to the devil. So uh, you're supposed to like realize that like when his head twists all the way around by that fall down the stairs completely. And like, you know, I think that's how they kill him. And then he flies on the stairs. That's like yeah. the, he's, he's the human sacrifice that allows Pazuzu to uh, come back and inhabit somebody's body essentially. Yeah. Mm. Because okay. originally Cares was supposed to be the main target of, of the demon. And I think in the original script. Forrest, you're Catholic. I believe what you tell me. There's a lot of kind of uh I'm just nodding knowingly. Let's say let's say projectile <laughs> oh, yeah. vomited out information about the whole black mass thing in the book that mm. I'm they sh it's good that they cut it from the movie. It doesn't 
I don't think it adds anything. <laughs> like most of the yeah. stuff they cut from the movie, from the novel, I don't think it adds really that anything to the story, like to your enjoyment yeah. of it or to your not. Like it just yeah. gives you information to have that you're taking, that you're carrying around with you. In case you no. gotta do a podcast about it. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> well, wonder. They're, doing, right? they're, they're making sure that you know one day when people are podcasting, they have the they have the ESP, they have the foresight. So yeah, like, there's gonna be a show. It's, it's gonna be on a thing called YouTube. <laughs> and it's gonna need content for Halloween, and uh, we really it's gonna need be on. It's gonna be a thing yeah. called called Twitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what the forward of the book is dedicated to the future podcasters. Exactly. Future <laughs> I, podcasters I wonder, right. you know, <laughs> if they still, you know, the, the procedures that Reagan had to had to had to get done that were supposed to fix her brain because that's what they thought it was, but then instead, like, oh, she's. I wonder if they still do those types of procedures because those things seem very painful and like. Well, Give I mean, they're not through your brain. neck, up your brain, and well, yeah, one, one of the things is the spinal tap. Yeah, yeah. They, they, still, the, yeah. they still do the spinal taps, uh, yeah. where they where they drain the fluid out of your spine to try to test. I, I mean, we covered spinal um, taps, so so we, we know all about. <laughs> no, well, like um, there's a like, fine line between God and the devil. My my mom my mom got like really sick a couple a few years ago and didn't know what, like we never figured out what it was. But one of the things they did is they did a spinal tap and drain some. They still do it that way. It's still deeply uncomfortable and you can't walk for yeah, a couple days yeah yeah they turn it up to 11 too it's it's wild <laughs> it's like a dog with a bone on this they just make yeah. 10 more powerful never mind <laughs> but i thought that um, thing when they yeah. first when they put the little thing in her jugular and they're putting yeah. contrast so yeah. they could take a picture of her yeah i thought it was like an mri an early you know archaic mri but what is yeah. you know what it actually is i know it's something crazy she's got yeah like i think i think trying to take an aneurysm out yes. Well, no, I think they used to do it with the with the thing where they put the uh, dye in it so they could see what, what parts of your brain yeah. they used to do. Well, that the, must be before an MRI. He says yeah. it at one point. I don't know if he says EEG or EKG or something. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's scary. Like yeah. most medical. Zuzu takes everything up to 11. That demon is spinal tap incarnate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. So an, an, EKG or an EEG is a method to record the electrogram of the spontaneous electrical activity in your brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's there not the go. picture. That's not those X-rays yeah, of no. the vascular system. That's, that's like when they stick the suction cups to your forehead and and get the the chart with the lines. Yeah, it's more like Wait. what um, Rick Moranis is wearing in Ghostbusters. Then yes, <laughs> here yeah. I have a I have a thing from the filming of it. For, there's a documentary about. Have you seen a thing about that? Wow. <laughs> no, I have a thing about <laughs> the, the, the this yes, is the medical. Some. This is this is about the medical science they use for it. Um, huh. so maybe, maybe they'll address it within this. <laughs> Lay it on us. Maybe. Here we go. Oh. oh. Yeah, there is. Hey, we're right. Look at that I stash. I will tell you about what I believe is the sole cause of all those stories you heard about. People getting nauseous, people fainting, people screaming, running out of the theater, all that. It was not any of the horror that was taking place. It was, in fact, the medical science that was taking place. The arteriogram, which took place at New York University Medical Center with an actual radiologist and his assistant. Those scenes where they have all the tubes coming out and, and so on and so forth, that really, really gets to people. When we went to the hospital, it was actually very easy to shoot. And the reason was I used basically the lighting that was in the rooms because it was, it was the way it looked, and I didn't want to alter that. 
I saw the first press preview and up the aisle from the front comes a woman holding her hand to her forehead and a hearer saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But what grossed her, shocked her, made her almost faint? The arteriogram. Anytime I am more or less forced to watch the entire film, and I know that needle is going here and blood's going to go, I look down, I look away. That bad. Oh, it's horrid. The horror that uh, medical science is putting her through. Far worse than the demon. That sounds Speaking like. Speaking to the person inside of Reagan now. In the scene with the shrink, where Linda grabs him and he falls backwards. <laughs> Billy wanted to have a shot going all the way down with his face right to the floor. And so we had to figure out a way to shoot that. So we had to come up with a rig. And I wish I could take credit for inventing the rig, but it was the grips that did it. I mean, we explained what the problem was, and they figured out how to do it. And so they built this great contraption where we had the actor leaning against this thing, and he's in the rig. And the camera's on one side of the rig, mounted exact distance away from his face and stays that same distance. And then they just tilt the whole thing over together. That's master filmmaking. That's Billy Friedkin. That's Lowen Roisman's work. And he talked to me about lenses. I talked to him about why there are different feels. And he explains, well, if you do this or you do that, you can bring in this and there's your intimacy. I was like, wow, didn't know. Because I, I, I mean, I was very curious myself. So those are all your masters. Dr. Klein. Yes, I'm Dr. Klein. This is Dr. Kidd. And then we had to do a shot where we go from the first floor to the second floor, really, in one shot. And nowadays you'd use a steady cam and you just, it would be nothing. It would be an easy shot. But we didn't have a steady cam then. So we built this chair rig where we could mount the camera in a chair. We suspended it from wires and this intricate cable system that could move side to side and forward and back. And the grips would be up above and they actually controlled the chair from up above and pulled it up and slid it around in a circle. Lighting it was tricky because with all that equipment, you see shadows all over the place with wires and, and rigs and things like that. So I had to light it so it was shadowless completely from the first floor to the second floor. That was a challenge in itself. Why this girl? I love giving the grips their due. <laughs> the, sound, the sound design's impeccable in there. Yeah. Uh, I, on, on that clip, uh, friend of the show, Mark Borchardt, uh, the one doctor he saw with the beer in the hospital scene was a real-life serial killer. That's the spookiest yes. thing of all. That's what Annie was saying. Yep. 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 That's his, his uh, the other thing. But he was actually that... in this clip, which is why I brought it up. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing about that scene is that that doctor looks just like Weird Al from uh, Like a Surgeon uh, music video. <laughs> and every single time he shows up, I just hear Weird Al's voice pop in my head, finally made it through med school. <laughs> Andrew kind of World, everybody. There, there we he go. is. <laughs> I, I like how I like how you started that out. Like it was going to be a fact about the movie too. And like, then it's, one, one fact about the movie. Not a lot of a people know. He looks like Weird Al. That's gave a him movie. the old razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I was gonna say that it must have been really scary. I mean, it's not like it's not scary doing medical procedures now, but back then, like Jesus. Jesus well, Christ. have you ever had an MRI? I have they, not. They, they go no. jungle, 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 jungle. They sound like uh, you know, if, if like Atari Teenage Riot had less tunes to it, like, it, like <laughs> yeah. it's real. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, yeah, after a while, I'm like, someone should make an album with this. But right, right, right. it has that sound in the movie clunk that clunk 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 super loud. Sounds like like the archaic version of that. So I wonder if it is. But I don't think the image comes out like a X-ray like that. But what do I know? It's more annoying about modern you know. equipment. <laughs> uh, if you're a medical professional or in the medical equipment business, uh, messaging, email. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Let us know in the comments. How how did they pick Mercedes uh, McCambers to to do the to do uh, the voice? I hate calling it Pazuzu because it just doesn't sound scary. It just it's makes like a it car. sound. It's just okay. All right. Like SNL skit or something where, where it's like haunted and he's like, I'm the demon Pazuzu. And they're like, eh, you know, that's not. So, so I don't know how she was picked, but I do know that uh, she insisted on swallowing raw eggs and chain smoking. Yep. To alter. <laughs> and, and also she had like, DeVito? <laughs> she, she also was uh, apparently had problems with alcohol abuse in the past. Right. And, and like insisted yeah. that whiskey would help. And, uh, trust me, trust me. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. Trust me. I mean, she was known for doing, you know, films and Westerns and she's, a, yeah. you know, somewhat of a B actress in old Hollywood. She did a few mainstream films, but like, she'll always be known as the voice of, of Linda Blair and, and Billy freaking Johnny guitar. Johnny guitar is the one you got to see if you're going to see one. Oh, it's so good. Her and Joe Crawford hated each other. But, well, back to this film, Billy freaking apparently was like terrified of the fact that these extremes that she put herself through because she like insisted on like being bound at like the neck, arms and waist to get like a more realistic sound of the demons struggling against the restraints and like basically yeah. went full method as a voice actor, which is uh, rare. It's a lot. I do nuts. Yeah. I wonder, I, I haven't seen this. But it's clip, a great, it's I an all timer voice, right? We all know it. Yeah. yeah. We all know right. it. So good for her, you know? You know this it, is this is apparently a clip of, uh, I just, I just found, I just pulled this up. I want to see if oh, they. Oh, cool. Oops. Oh, he's all right. Damn, <laughs> I hate, I hate how many. Uh, wait, I'm not wait, trying I don't want to buy that. <laughs> it wasn't hard for me to imagine the rage. See if 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 this goes in me right here, I'm only a human being. It's that close in everybody. Everybody can from this second forward. Oh wow! She said, "I should swallow raw eggs. I should smoke cigarettes constantly, and." You got to give me some booze, which is going to make me nuts. And I'm getting off the wagon <laughs> to do this. So I want my priest around to counsel me. You oh, wow. utilize everything. Don't analyze, utilize. And and I utilized the, 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 the thickness, all of that stuff, for for the, the voice of Lucifer. Uh, I, I don't have any now. This is clear. But when it wasn't, I could use all of that garbage down there. The most curious things would happen in her throat. Double and triple sounds would emerge at once. Wheezing sounds, very much akin 
to what you could imagine a person inhabited by various demons would sound like. I don't think they had to do this, but they did. They tore up a sheet and put me in restraints with around my neck and my arms behind the chair and my knees and my feet so that I would feel like Linda Blair, whom I've never met, uh, while she was carrying on in the bed, that, that I would be doing the same thing physically. Take that, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, she performed it under great duress, and I was, like, stunned at what she put herself and allowed me to put her through in order to accomplish this. I used to be scared of ghost stories when I was growing up, but most of it was phony. I wasn't really afraid, but I enjoyed the drama of being afraid, and I think a lot of people reacted that way to the exorcist, too. I really do. Oh, my God, it was so terrible. No, it wasn't. Finish your popcorn. <laughs> Damn. Regulating. All right, yeah. Jeez. Uh, she's great. I love her. She went um, on to live another, you know, 25 years after that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Great. too, fun fun fact, when I was younger, I tried to mimic her voice, and I think that did a lot of vocal, because I was able to do it. I was able to do the Mercedes became rich, like... You, you, the, the possessed Regan voice? I was <laughs> able to do that, but wow. that damaged my vocal cords so bad doing it. That's why my voice is a lot deeper than <laughs> it should have been. That's, that's a oh, commitment yeah, like, to the bit. Right there. I like I like how the, the YouTube spelling of exorcist on the subtitles. Exorcist too. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, I actually watched the uh, the freaking documentary, um, uh, freaking uncut, and uh, about freaking time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, one of the interesting things that they they said in the the uh, documentary is that freaking is a um, uh, a method director, like like. He he tries to um, you know make you live that scene the way he he chooses to direct you, and like he like that uh, later on. He's he's, yeah. a, he's a director that does method for other people. He's just like well well like um he started uh, he he absolutely loved Gina Gershon and um uh like Gina Gershon thought he hated him because he was Sorry. treating her like garbage in that movie that they did together uh, with uh, uh Matthew McConaughey I think it was um uh. and. and uh, but 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 anyways, like, like she was so upset that that Friedkin was like treating her like garbage. Um, but that was to get that performance out of her in, in the film, uh, because like like everybody's supposed to like be falling apart and their relationships are, are you know like you know they were going from nice to, to hating each other, and so so he he wanted her to feel that. So he was treating her like crap on there, and like after the whole thing was done, she was, she was talking to his wife, and she's just like. Uh, you know, I I just wish you know Billy liked me. And it's like, oh, Billy loves you, duh. You know, right? He just he just did that to get the performance out of you. Well, uh, for the for the actually, dude, he he would literally like speaking of being sued, he would literally do things like he'd smack the shit out of one of the actors before, like right before pressing, you know, like record or whatever. He'd be like, like all right, lights, camera. He'd slap one of them in the Whap. face and then like action. Try to run over a woman's baby and, and get that great performance out of her. <laughs> I don't know why people keep saying directing movies is hard. This is easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just got to get you just got to get their baby and throw it in front of the car. Yeah, great. Problem solved. Sorted <laughs> that out. Uh what was that was that Killer Joe? 
Yeah, I, th- uh, I think Andy, that was Killer Joe they were it? talking about. Um, I've not seen it, but but I've uh, not seen it either. Uh, they, they were talking about it in the documentary, and I thought I know that Gino was Temple's kind of a, in that. I know Thomas Hainter. It, it, I, 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 I think it I looks have interesting. I, I, I just completely off my radar. So there's a bunch of freaking that I have not freaking watched. So <laughs> yeah, I, I also <laughs> want to see because uh, his second to last film was actually about exorcism, and it was a documentary uh-huh. about the guy that they. Uh, Based the movie uh, Pope Exorcist on. All right, I can't I can't pronounce his name, but shout out to the fact that the mom in The Exorcist, Karis's mother, this uh-huh. is this is <laughs> they they really found they really found that real Greek woman. Jimmy, please. Maliaros. Why you yeah. do this to me? <laughs> that seems horrifying. I gotta say, yeah, it, it's like so horrifying to imagine like it's your like mother's last moments or whatever, and she grabs you. And she's like, "Why you do this to me?" And like, yep. they have to which again is is weaponized against the character uh, yeah. later on, you know. And and, and like, yeah. if you think about it, not from the supernatural perspective, from perspective of like a like psyops, sort of like breaking down somebody's personality yeah. to get your whatever you want out of them, make them weaker. CIA, and CIA Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, was the vomit made out of split pea soup? Because I remember reading some like a while ago. That's what they used. I mean, it looks like it. Yes, yeah. and That's if I remember, reputation. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, my mom loves split pea soup, but I'm like, are you sure? I've been watching this. Well, yes, it, it made me want a grilled cheese. Uh, well, hold on, well, exactly, because it's it's actually not just pea soup, but Anderson's pea soup, which is there. There's three of them that are. Um, there's one in Southern California. That, there's one in Santa Nella, uh, just south of like the Bay Area proper. There you go. <laughs> And apparently, like they kept, they tried a bunch of different things to like see like what looked the best cinematically, and it was like Anderson's pea soup was the was the thing that worked the best. I thought and it was I thought it was slime from Nickelodeon. Uh, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'm just <laughs> what 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 I'm getting at is that Anderson's pea soup isn't isn't I know isn't that was a joke. Is it isn't I'm gonna just keep yeah, going. I, wanna, I wanna know what code it's getting. There's Anderson's pea soup isn't just a pea soup brand. They have these sort of roadside monuments to pea soup that includes what is known as a traveler special, which is all you can eat pea soup. Like it, it's a thing. They have uh, mascots, one of which is named Sweet Pea. I can't remember what the other guy's name is, Sweet but pea. like, like it's a thing. But it's a such a small niche thing that like you have to like be like, what the like, what is this? Why is there a windmill here? Like what what is, what is this restaurant we're going it's to? Black shirt, and uh, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> And it's this but it's notable by Anderson's roadside pea soup. When you want the pea soup that the devil likes, look, we'd be lucky because it's good. Uh, first of all, and by the way, as someone who, uh, if you're touring on a budget, unlimited pea soup ain't so bad. It's all I'm saying, suckers. Is that uh, also that it's it's there's, there's not a lot of you can get it with or without. Uh, there's not a lot of. <laughs> pea soup superstars in the world yet anderson's <laughs> pea soup is like notably like there are literally places that tourists will go to to take pictures with like sweet pea and the other guy like well he's know, no like, he's no chef boyardee but look <laughs> all i'm saying is the fact that not just it's pea soup it's anderson's pea soup is notable and i was attempting to relate why that was but i guess i'll just give up i just no, looked it up i want i want to hear it I'm Keep going. Uh, it's just also wild that they have these effects experts that tried all this stuff, right? And then and they're like, 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 like coming out like that. Well, like apparently that. they tried it with Campbell's soup too, and it it sucked. And then they like tried it with Anderson's, and it worked. 
better. And they like, I think they mixed it with a little oatmeal or something, but like, whatever. Like, they, they, they really worked on this for a long time to get yeah, that. But how it's projectile. Like, but then if you think about the scene and if you think about like what we know of this movie and like, you know, it has to be one of the best vomit scenes of all time, right? At least the most cinematic vomits. Like, top 10 best vomit scenes in, in the serious picture. You know, like, it's got to be extra. It's got to be in there. You know, Other movies. it has to be. We gotta right? have. We yeah. gotta make our BuzzFeed list. I don't want to make that list, by the way. Buzz, our buzz, yeah, movie night count again is a BuzzFeed listicle. <laughs> Top ten vomit scenes of all time. Hey, if kill count could do. A, if dead meat could do kill counts, we gotta do the vomit. Stand by me, right? No. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's jarring about sadness. the vomit in this is that it's. Oh yeah. It's literally right. just in the middle of the scene, right? Like him getting hit by the vomit is like he's literally asking a question, and the vomit comes out. Like and he that, has to go like. Yeah. yeah, unlike Triangle of Sadness, where it's like seriously what feels like ten to fifteen minutes worth of vomiting, uh, like yeah, it's a quick oh, scene, but it is absolutely iconic in the in the vomit world amongst cinema. Yeah, yeah, it's got parodied so many times. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. One of the, one of the things about like making a movie versus uh, a book, I feel like um, in the movie it's just able to cut, and he's wearing like new clothes, and he's like in a different part of the house. Yeah, and it, like the 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 book version of it, like they have to describe. Okay, and then he left the room, and then he went and he dried off, and like they have to describe the whole process of him like yeah. wiping the vomit off himself. And I feel like in a movie you can just get away with like, okay, he got hit with the vomit. That's that's the impactful part. Now it's cut. Now it's now, nowadays it'd be a Paramount Plus prestige television series. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can we talk about Chibi Orbells? Now vomit the the um. Yes. Please, please. <laughs> this is enough enough vomit of, talk. Yes. Before you move on to tubular bells, I just like to think of uh, Max von Sydow saying. You know, Bergman never made me get hit with pea soup. <laughs> he managed to convey his ideas without such literal fucking shit. Anyway. Uh, uh, the wizard is here. Yes, yes, yes. So the wizard hat <laughs> is on for this one. Uh, Tubular Bells. So so the what people think of as like the iconic exorcist theme, which of course is um, an, an excerpt, not the whole thing, an excerpt of uh, Tubular Bells is the name of the composition and it's, it's it's there's a lot to it there's a lot to it and this is um was that michael field right is um yeah and he's um it came out as its own sort of progressive rock like instrumental rock like composition and thing by the and way like, first first album on virgin records oh for real yes. okay brand yeah. yep. was into it okay yeah that, that uh, was that article I, uh that video i sent you guys i don't watch videos you said yeah i didn't I'm watch sorry. the okay. video i just pulled up a tubular gum <laughs> I don't, but I, it's not just you. I don't generally watch YouTube videos. I yeah, but but you can also see like YouTube. his other hits, uh, which I'm are fucking fascinatingly <laughs> weird. <laughs> I'm, real, I'm real busy, uh, but I'm sure. Yeah, yeah this like was a also. Hit. Okay, fine. I know. I'm attempting to tell you about it, but you're interrupting yeah. me. I'm I'm saying like it's notable because like this already existed as a previous existing composition, as opposed to say like think of the Halloween theme, right? Which Carpenter made for the movie, which is probably up there in the other top three of like most iconic uh, movie compositions scores, certainly in the horror pantheon. But like it was never meant to be. First of all, excised just for that part, for sure. Uh, but then also, like, it ended up being a huge hit for him, you know, stay in the top 10 for, like, you know, like, a year or something. And made a career for him. But it's funny because it isn't the whole composition, which is literally a whole record of decent progressive rock. But the thing everyone wanted to hear 
is the part that we all know from The Exorcist, which is just like a small introduction section before it goes into uh, heavy progness. And I find that so interesting because he found he's able to build a sustainable and, and like really enjoyable uh, career out of it. But it was guess almost. What the, guess what the B side was on Tubular Bells? Has like when he released the single. What was it? The B side was a froggy one at Courtin. <laughs> that's, that's, so that's what I was trying to get. So if you if you've ever say tried to look at the works of Mike Oldfield to be like, oh yeah, I want to hear more stuff like this. It's not like a Neil Morricone, where you're like, oh great, here's a bunch of great things about you know it sounds like films that I love. No, it's like it's just early seventies prog. And I'm not talking about King Crimson either. I mean, it's like very mid. <laughs> also, yeah. he was young as hell too. He yes. was not like a, a he was not an established artist. He no, was he uh, was he was a session musician. Exactly, and he and he played with a bunch of the dudes that were kind of like in, in that. And you have to understand, this is the early '70s. Prague ran rampant, right? Like this is like it was like outbreaks of Prague everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Seven minutes was short for a song, <laughs> right? Absolutely. What, what punk rock brought to us was was not in the in, in the zeitgeist. It was brevity, <laughs> right? Exactly, and and he, he had a. Uh, yeah, so he released three sequels to Tubular Bells. Yeah, oh yeah. So there's sure. Tubular Bells two, and then there's Tubular Bells three, which he recorded at Ibiza as one of the as one of the early uh, Ibiza fucking uh, rave EDM songs. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> but I mean, he had like heavy duty players. He had like Fred Frith playing with them, and like uh, Mick Taylor uh, of the Rolling Stones and what. Like he had like like top shelf musicians but it's just funny because everybody thinks again if you get a thing of john carpenter's soundtrack work which is great it's gonna sound like the thing that you think it is which is like oh that's yeah. that's like his awesome score for the thing big drum little china uh you know halloween etc etc and with michael field it's it's definitely not until he was like oh i guess people want some of this okay and so then he tried to replicate it to not great success no so it's one of the weird histories of like someone having an early career success that defined their entire identity. Well, in this country, yes, in, in, in this country at least, that that is that was unreplicatable in any way, shape, or form, but tied to something that's like timeless film. Everybody until like until movies become you know just whatever we just download it straight into our brain through uh, implants, you know, like they're gonna know those those notes, those notes, and that it's that's that's the Exorcist thing. Yeah. You know? And what's uh, also kind of interesting too is he he had a whole career in Europe and, and uh, specifically England, uh, his home country, right. uh, which which is very different than you know like here in the states we just know him for that. When the uh, uh, record label first released the Tubular Bears Bell single, Tubular that, Bears, that's a cartoon. Yes, that's, tubular uh, Bears. It was only in Japan actually. Tubular yes. Bears, Berenstein Bears, Tubular Bears, which is the exactly. Uh, but but when they first put out the single, that wasn't even the part that was on. No, the not at all. Again, <laughs> and I and I can't like it would be a whole show to like examine why it's those parts, why that was cinematic and the rest of it wasn't, et cetera, et cetera. You know where where things were at in seventy three, uh, so on and so on. But it the it, it's one of the weirder stories of a placement uh, causing um, great financial and career success for someone but it being kind of but it but it being an outlier almost and, and then like literally something that he attempted to replicate success of to not great effect so anyway that's what i want to talk because it's just it's a sidebar but it's an interesting sidbar and here's i did a, not watch the thing a, that andy um, sammy but i assume it said all the same things but wasn't it, 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 it just but here, you can actually the music 
here's a connection to next week's episode that we're doing on uh, Life of Brian. When um, <laughs> now for something completely different. To, no, so Tubular Bells when it was released as a re-release, like the album, it was done with the narration. Nice, they added a they added a narration uh, where it's John Cleese narrating ah, his ah, way ah. through the through through the Tubular Bells album. <laughs> Fantastic. There you go. There you go. Sorry, I was uh, priest cosplay. <laughs> yeah. He's only 19 when he went and recorded the song. He was, and he was, he yeah. was hanging out with the, uh, well, and that's Fred Fist on there because it was like Henry Cow and a bunch, whatever. This is like, nobody cares yeah. about this. No, but, no. <laughs> um, yeah, go to Todd in the Shadows to watch his video. Like, like if you Yeah, turn this know. off and go watch that. <laughs> Right. The no, video, I, the, the random video that Andy found. That... I happen to know this without learning it from a YouTube thing. So it's, but that comes from the, the lifetime of damage of like learning about weird esoteric success. success I knew some of that, like that, but like I, I haven't heard all of his like other yes. hits, um, which which the the video actually does go into. It goes into the Hall of it's... Fame of that stuff that happens sometimes to artists, where like you spend all your life making this one thing that you think is your thing, and then the thing that you sort of toss off is what you actually yep. become known for. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Like, if sure. that ever happens to me, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it happens a lot with. Uh, I'm like, yeah, it's good to be known for something. I guess I don't know. Right, it happens a lot with, <laughs> with film, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of. I feel like there's a, like a long list of uh, musicians whose music gets known for like you know a specific film, and that's it's kept in there. And it's like that's not yeah. necessarily their discography, but they're and a lot of times it's just an accident. Like it's like you know like we need something for this. Oh, here's yeah. a good, you know, here's something that will work. That the, the licensing rights are not too much for, it. and that's like the crucial thing, right? And like, if yeah, I was gonna say, if as long as you get your rights in order, like great, because yeah. <laughs> that's always yeah. the dream, right? Like, oh, some they got this thing and uh, it's in it. What's it called? Oh, The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Like you're yeah. not gonna make any well, money on that. The real, the real, <laughs> the real dream is to um, the, the, your song becomes a sitcom uh, theme sure. or something, yeah. and they and they make like 15 seasons of like the worst sitcom, but your song is like the one that everyone you get remembers. Paid from every single time it's airs. Yes. R.I.P. Yeah, to, to Matthew Perry <laughs> and whoever did the Friends theme. Yeah. Forrest, did your research show any information? I feel like I heard this story, but I may be complaining. It's the Rembrandts, by the way. Else. I know that. Oh, yeah. I've oh, never yeah. seen the show, but it's the That's Rembrandt. what I just said. Yeah. Oh, but, I, didn't, I didn't hear you. There's too much crosstalk. Sorry. Matthew, <laughs> go I, ahead. No, I just feel like I've heard, and I could be confusing movies, that this was one of those things that in the edit room, they're like, oh, let's put this in as temp music because I think it, it works. But I don't know if this is, you know, we're going to score it later. And then as they kept showing the movie, they're like, no, let's just use this. Did you find any information on how it actually came to be in the exorcist i feel like i saw something on that but i'm sorry i can't be more deficient. yeah I, there's I'm, I'm looking at the wikipedia right now um That's and it seems like there. the way that well but like you know for, shrek for, and for smash something. mouth yes that's a classic <laughs> example um it, it looks like uh freaking was visiting atlantic records and they're like here's here's something that you know like here's something that we're distributing that he just was able to just hear and he threw it in there um there's like five well, movements there's got to be something you can use <laughs> i like 60 oh. seconds of it the rest is shit but yeah <laughs> can we just loop that 500 times yes yes and the answer and is i don't know anything thing. about music theory uh conan maybe you can say but it <laughs> sort of does sound you know the the halloween theme all right so the decision the to pattern. the decision uh to include the music was the result of chance he decided to discard the original score by Lalo Schifrin and was looking for music to replace it. And he went to Atlantic and was looking, like, told them what he wanted. And he was looking through a, select, a selection of 
the head of Ahmet Ertigan, I guess is the guy that was. Yeah, running. Ahmet Ertigan uh, from. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, oh, he's, he's... But, so he was looking through a selection of records with in his office, and um, yeah, and and he he was listening to the record player and was like, oh, that's the one. This is this is my choice for this. Yeah, he, he's cool. Ahmet Ertigan's uh, Mr. Atlantic. Can you imagine being Lalo Schifrin though, and being like, what? You don't want, you want to use my stuff? Okay. But that guy, that guy also hurt. did like he did like bullet and, like manix. He did and, the like, Mission he's... Impossible theme. He's oh, he's that's he's doing yeah, fine. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> he's still he's getting royalties. Money. Yeah, he's doing. He's okay. getting that Tom Cruise yeah. money. Miserable in Pulp Fiction. He's getting, that... he's getting literal Clint Eastwood money. He's he was the guy that did all the Dirty Harry uh, music. Miserable in Pulp Fiction. He's that actually lucky. brought Dick Dale's career back. So mm-hmm. that's it. Even yeah, that's I saw him in the nineties based on that. Same, same. I could never make it to one of his shows. One of my great uh, things that I missed. So what you're talking about, uh, Matthew, though, is, is a specific thing, um, that, like the differences and similarities between The Exorcist and the, the Partibio Bells and Carpenter's composition, is that there is a, there's a major minor drone note thing that, like, I'm not saying I do not know music theory. I've made, like, you know, like, whatever, 20-plus records, and I and I compose stuff for for different things, but, like, it is a it is a thing in the way that like it is emulated so often that it's just like when you hear it and it's done hackily hackily it's done yeah. in a manner of a hack hackishly hackishly sure um, it, it's it's notable because you're like oh you're just you're just you know avoiding litigation but just barely right. <laughs> and John Carpenter actually does say he he did try to rip off tubular bells with um. Uh, with, with with Halloween, which Halloween, yeah, he ended up oh, kind of okay. one epic, yeah. frankly. But like, but like that, but it was, but it's funny because like we think of a whole genre of style of music. Because um, if you look back to like Rosemary's Baby, like that's a very very different iconic uh, sound, and that comes more from um, la, 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 right vocally based, and but but there's a similar uh, major minor sustained note composition. Now I'm getting that does sound like a do on music theory, doesn't it? Uh, but the, there was a time that all these films, all these creepy movies and whatever, it's like, oh, this these are the kind of things we're doing. Great, you know, bring in yeah. Harvey. Let's let's hook it up. Bring his keyboard. Let's go. Hook <laughs> it up. And so, as much as this is amazing, and the original Halloween theme is amazing, like there, there's a lot of uh, soulless imitators as well. It's like a major minor modulation. Um, yeah, last sustained notes uh, underneath it too. That usually have there's not a lot of notes. You um, create tension with um, the the sustained note, and sometimes you move it slightly. I know how to do it. I'm bad at explaining it. No, I bought. I bought it. <laughs> By the way, hire here. me to score your horror movie. I'll do it on the cheap. <laughs> not hackishly. He will do it right. No, I will do it. It'll be killer. <laughs> By the way, um, the uh, the guy that was um, Lalo Schifrin. He yeah. was able to score Amityville Horror, which is kind of oh, interesting. Okay. That he, he went on to do that. Not really as good, but a consolation prize, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I think... Did he just use what he had cred, for the right? already? Did he just say... Oh, yeah. did, I got a thing. Um, I mean, Mission Impossible is hard to top. I mean, that's... that's yeah, that's, that's a okay. bomb. Yeah. I've never seen any of those Tom Cruise films, but it's still a good Me either. Song. Um, the actual exorcism scene. Yes. What do we think? Oh, you mean the last ten, like fifteen minutes of the movie? And it ends so abruptly too. I mean, it's just like, oh, that's we're the, at the only end. weakness. Oh, I mean, possessed Andy. Oh no. How how, <laughs> how how much uh, 
how like how much exorcism do you really need though right like if you let's watch his modern movies hours of it apparently yes well i hear there's an exorcist three so it still must be around somewhere (laughs) no let me say like like length of the scene right like what like they're praying they're praying the demon uh out and it's like i don't i don't feel like you need like hours of that yeah once you fly we're praying out demons i was praying the gay away god damn it that's the guy playing the piano the priest his friend from the dorms right right yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's so for a movie called The Exorcist. Right? Let's sing show tunes. That'll that'll really get the demon to come out. <laughs> the demon's out of the closet. Uh, yeah, s- smallish amount of screen time for something that you know. You know uh, in the title. In the title of the mo- of the film, correct? Yeah. But it's uh, the climax. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what everyone's been waiting mean. for. And waiting yeah. for it. everyone's like, okay, but we like, know what's wrong with Reagan. You know, we're getting, you know, it's it's she, she's she's masturbating with the crucifix. With it's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. It, 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 I, I will say this: if you want to masturbate with the crucifix, who am I to judge? Okay, yeah. you know, don't You're worry. Yes, we are sex positive here. I'm. I'm Just don't I'm, stab yourself with it. Exactly. I'm sex. I'm sex ambivalent. But if you're masturbating, I think you've gone a little sex bit far. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's got to be an easier way. That's all. It's not about yeah. You know, car, carve it like they did in Bernadetta. <laughs> I can imagine what you mean. Bernadetta's good. That, that's a good film. Yeah, Bernadetta's. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did like Bernadetta. But uh, yeah, it's. Anyways, um, I, the thing I love about it, it's it's very earned because like like the, there's a Benedetta. lot of build up to it. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> she gets progressively worse and worse and more possessed. Yeah, but but yeah, you, you know, so, so like by the time you actually get to the actual, uh, you know, exorcism, like like exorcism is just repeating the same thing over and over again. So like, why would Our you want Christ it to be, compels you? Why would you want to be uh, longer than than it needs to be? Because like, if you watch any of the other exorcism films that exist, and yeah. not just exorcist sequels, but but just you know anything with exorcism in the title, like the like, subgenre. You know, uh, you know the Pope's Exorcist. Even like, like it goes on for a little too long. Um, no, I love the Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> like, like that movie's great. A modern movie going on too long? Yeah, can you what? That? <laughs> Never heard of that. The devil you say? Well, th- this raises the question, really, that I think I've heard other people discuss. See what did there? The I... devil you say? Sorry. Anyway, go. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this raises the question that I don't know if I have the definitive answer, but throw it out to the group of people here. You know who's who what is the main story of this movie is it about reagan and her mother is it about um max von Sydow's priest and his ongoing battle you know we start with him but he doesn't make it to the end and or is it about the father Karras's whole guilt because in the end he takes the guilt upon himself and secures right. her through that right so it, it's interesting who is the titular exorcist yeah, right, or and yeah. who is the who is the story really about? You know, yeah. I, Catholicism. I think it's about. about Catholicism. That's a good answer. Good answer. I, I think it's yeah. about. I mean, at least like after reading the novel, it's mostly about Karis and his sense of faith and faith of the people around him, right? In the story, and it's a story about belief. It's a story about you know because the real poignant moment is when he allows the demon to enter him, and right. uh, you get like five seconds where the demon enters him and he jumps off, and that's the moment of real faith that's the moment yeah, that right. you know he, he understands that like he is saving humanity or he's saving everybody around him by being the one who sacrifices himself much in the way that you know jesus did or something you know like there's the religious iconography of 
that moment is is poignant and it's like that's the moment where he truly takes that leap of faith and realizes yes i'm going to die but i will take the demon with me and that sacrifice is worth it and i think that makes him the main character of the story although i i love i love how brooding and uh you know sultry the actor is but um i feel like they they you know use so in some ways they use too much of that in this movie a little bit i mean like if i had one criticism like you don't get as much of his own personal uh struggle with faith um as much as i kind of wish you did in some ways i mean well, we we're used to having that spell that, oh, sorry, he's questioning yeah. his faith right Conan? yeah 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 I, I, you get a I mean, you get enough considering yeah. that the era it came out of you get enough like in the, like it's literally stated aloud and as much as like you know it's shown as well that like he's you know, he's not the one that's like, yeah, let's go, let's go do this thing. Like, you know, he's kind of be dragged into it. Like, I should go, I should get another job, I should do something else. Yeah. You know, like he's at the yeah. end of the rope here. No, I, I, I really, I really like this movie. I, just the one, the one part that I like from the novel that I like wish I don't even think there is a way to explore it more in a movie uh, than they did here. But like, there's so much of, of his own battle with faith because the book is able to be written in a narrative. Like that's kind of the central uh, theme throughout it. Like, like the internal just, dialogue and such. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just really, I really like that part of it. And I really like, and they do a good job. Like I, I do like that. They show boxing the mother a lot. And Nobody the... does that. Who's normal. <laughs> <laughs> they, they show the mother in the hospital and he get, you get a lot of, you know, because the, the, the real central thing is that he could have been making a lot of money as a psychotherapist. He was he was in Harvard like yeah, his he uncle to Harvard for, shit for it. Yeah. And and I like that they have the scene with the uncle too, because you really get to see where he comes from and like you know the the uh second generation immigrantness of the entire family that he's surrounded with. But he could be making so much more money as like this Harvard educated slash Georgetown educated slash you know what I mean? Like he, he's been given this pedigree that but because of the church, he has to take the vow of poverty. And because of right. that, his mother kind of languishes in poverty too. And suffers and, for it, yeah. Yeah. So, but he he feels like there's a higher calling, but what happens when that higher calling disappears and you lose your faith and you no longer feel like you're doing something for the reason that you thought you were? And that inner struggle, that inner battle to me is truly a, a beautiful thing that this not like the, the movie and the novel both cover um, that I, I think really puts the central theme and like uh, it's a battle of faith. And, and, and I'm really happy that, um, you know, that story can be told that way because you know, it's, it's crazy to be like lapsed when you're something like you know, like Catholicism is a very extreme sect of Christianity, and we don't think I'm of it. Glad that you way, said but... it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also we're, we're now used to look, we don't live in very nuanced times in a lot of ways. Like, people are just like, what's when, that supposed to mean? Well, because when you're in because <laughs> when you're in films like that cover similar ground now it's kind of they whop you over the head with it of like these are the reasons why he's having laps of faith it looks like this these are you know these are the things yeah. that happen and it's like oh my god enough enough yeah it's exorcist fine. season two i mean that that's literally what exorcist season two was was just all of that stuff you didn't want season two we're talking about the tv series that they did that um the first oh. season's actually kind of fun and then the second season just sucks um <laughs> But 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 yeah, the first yeah, you don't. I, I'm not interested. Nuts. I don't care about that. Yeah. Hey, KT. Uh, yeah. Well, and and that's. By the way, lots of love for Exorcist Three in the comments, which I did not expect. Which I do think is actually a good film, just not the one we're discussing. Yeah, and it's not one I don't. I don't think it's good enough to ever actually really discuss on this channel either. But I do I think know. it's. I think so. It's well worth your time watching, just not necessarily like there's not a there's not a big discussion around it. it it's Wh whereas good. this one has like everything, and I'm I'm only citing the the sequels as like <laughs> this, how this one, this one has everything. It has the demon named Pazuzu. It has yeah. the visit. 
It has a it's got chunky in it, right? It's got Rack, cob. It has a yeah. Kurdish shop owner. It has, you know, exactly. it's just, there's clocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just. Exorcist uh, 3 is not as good as this one, by the way. That's an objective fact. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, everybody that there's been a few people saying that, and I just have to answer it. Even though I would say it's better than the first one. Come on. No, no, it's it's a great movie to watch. It's just not multiple people. It's not you need to rewatch both of those films because I'm telling you they're not. Like it 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 is a good film, but but I feel like I feel like the two the two um, two is not. Like I feel like a lot of Jewish writers and filmmakers (laughs) and a lot of uh, Catholic Catholic writers and filmmakers have been able to do a lot with feelings of like guilt. And like existential, uh, you know, um, yeah, existential, like uh, <laughs> a, a test of faith, right? Like, or and doubt, and like, you know, in, in both cases, there's the really show able- tests my faith on the reg, so I'm, I'm hard relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just uh, you know, I think the Exorcist is is up there in that classic, uh, you know, stories about faith and doubt canon. Um, yeah, and that's and why you don't have to believe bar. in the supernatural to get into this movie, right? It's because it's dealing with issues that are, you know, even what you, if you do some reading, if, or if you get into like Jungian stuff, demons and so on are just sort of ways of embodying and externalizing the actual emotional turmoil that we have in real life. It doesn't have to be some otherworldly thing. It's more, uh, you know, potent and powerful when it actually represents something like, you know, the mother and the daughter or, you know, w- what to do with your life. and The dragon real- of chaos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mother, daughter, dragon of chaos, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's I, my holy trinity. The mother, the daughter, the dragon of chaos. That's. I feel like it's this panel half the time. Letter hack in the, uh, in the comments. Show of hands, who's been to that staircase in Georgetown? I have not, but I do think it's interesting that pre-Joker, it was like one of the only famous st- staircases in film. Before, before being the exorcist staircase, it was the Hitchcock staircase. Fun fact, when they did the stunt at the end where he falls I mean, off, they actually, yeah, that staircase, they, um, they put like, uh, like this amount of like rubber on each stair so that when the stunt double would fall and tumble, it wouldn't be as bad as when he come, when he came down. That was nice of him. See, yeah. Friedkin isn't such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Not a complete dick. I, I do. Oh, I do yeah, the Rocky know, stairs. Um, Thank you. But he actually shoved yeah. him down the stairs. Obviously. The, uh, the, the, oh, yeah, the over the, the top, uh, the over the top, like kind of soused. I, I mean, I doubt they thought about it this deeply, but the over the top kind of soused British director, right? Like the um, that character, like hmm. something about it does remind me of like a very Hitchcock esque kind of thing. And it is funny that like they went from those being like the Hitchcock stairs. They're like, oh, those are the stairs from, you know, the Hitchcock movie. Two being the exorcist stairs, it's almost like they throw Hitchcock down the flight of stairs, uh, you know, in order to like, you know, forever have those stairs named after the the exorcist. There's scene. also the piano stairs in L.A. from the Laurel and Hardy, I think it is short film. That's that's yeah. a cool oh. spot. Oh yeah, we, we there's can, a, there's a I would rather movie. make a famous staircases in film Episode list than a vomit related <laughs> one. Yes, by, I think we much. covered it. I think that's it. So I think that's done. that's probably right. That's that's yeah. got to be good. Um, well, Rocky Ronin, the, the the one in France and Ronin, where they're uh, you know, the book in the film at. There's a there's a list of there's a Wikipedia thing that's just a list that's of famous stairs. Yeah, but that's like I don't want a comprehensive <laughs> list. I want it where it's important to the film. I know. Yeah. No, I'm saying I'm saying like stairs, like stairs that are important to <laughs> that are central to a film that they named the stairs after. I was going. I don't know. I was just looking at the list because I was actually, like, you know what? That most recent John Wick. There's there's some pretty yep. good stair work in that. Um, but but it, it's yeah. it only counts if it rises to the level of annoying the locals because of all the fanboys that come and want to take pictures. <laughs> they want to reenact the scenes that were taking. Right. Yeah, how many, how many people in a trench coat are rolling down the stairs now? <laughs> 
<laughs> Staircase night extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple famous stairs in LA, I think. Yeah, there are. According I mean, to the according to the stairs. I'm just pivoting to a stairs model now. As like we're just a stairs related podcast. Yeah, we are now a stairs podcast. All right. Stair night extravaganza, sure. <laughs> uh so I mean, and, and we've we've covered a lot here. Anything else where we uh, go head over to the one-liners? Well, I just want to say, Jesus, fuck me. <laughs> Potemkin stairs from. Uh, oh my god! Come on. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so well, letterbox. Where's where where's that in Russia? We, the only thing is, you can go to the, the the train station in Chicago and do the homage. At, at, Chicago. You know, from. Untouchables, but anyway. Untouchable, sure. All right. Yeah, letterbox. We'll, we'll add it to the ever-growing list of stairs-related films. <laughs> There's got to be a letterbox right list of a famous staircase. Has movies. to be. We Someone could do. Uh, we could do a, a remote, like remote segments. You go to famous stairs and you like podcast. <laughs> See a remote correspondent at a letterbox. <laughs> of course, stairs. <laughs> where where this uh, this list probably already exists is a place for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the films that they loved, maybe the films that they didn't love, the films that they made multiple stair-related lists on. And uh, this is a bottom-up democracy. Everybody gets to have the say, not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world. Uh, everybody they both gets, passed away. They, they are both gone at this point, but they, they did have their say as the fact that they had a television show. And that's the first time anyone's ever brought that up. But the, the, they stairs. are. I, I When I first started doing it, I'm like, should I bring up dead people? I don't know. Two stairs like up. One, one stair up. They're still famous. <laughs> Two stairs up, way up. <laughs> For moving that extravaganza. Thank you. Uh, oh my God! Enough! Enough! Uh, the, so uh, it's everybody gets either saying right? step up, one step down. <laughs> okay, that was my last one. I'm sorry. He's not even on camera, and he's still <laughs> still talking that trash. Uh, everybody gets to opine about the films they love. Maybe the films that they that they uh, that they didn't love. The films that they were scared scared the bejesus out of them, which I suppose would be definitionally accurate. Uh, to say scare the demon out of. But the uh, best way to do this is to express it succinctly, unlike what this intro to this bit is right now. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, keep it succinct for this bit, which is when we put them on the screen, we talk about them, and we react to them. These are the letterbox one-liners for The Exorcist Force. Let's roll them. That demon said some pretty wild shit. Yo, that demon was talking that shit. Yeah, that's oh, a bad shit, yo. Yo, he went after he went after the mother at one point. He's like, "Your mother's in here with me." I I don't remember. If it, I don't remember. I don't remember if it made it into the actual movie, but at least in the novel, he's like, "Your mother's down here, but she's sucking dick right now, and she's." You don't know it made it into the movie. Well, doesn't your mother he, sucks cocks in hell? No, I'm not. He he has a way more graphic one where he's like, "Someone else down here." That's he, pretty like, graphic, bro. He lists something else. I can't off think of like, anything else. He's like, he's like Burke Dennings is down here, and your mother is sucking him specifically off down in the piglet or something. <laughs> yeah, and he has like a, a longer, cock. a longer description of it's whose a, cock. She's alarming specificity as to yeah. the owner of the cock in question. Yeah, no, right. not necessary. Yeah, could not be made any worse by knowing whose cock. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Quite possibly Black Panther for priests. <laughs> only one like on that one by the way come Criminal. on which is you right yes it's absolutely me yeah spencer roach go find him <laughs> lee jacob be like 
I'm investigating a murder, and the number one suspect is the devil. Let's go see a movie. Yo, I, I want to use it for, uh, for like, uh, promoting like after parties or something in the future. But when he's like, uh, when he's like, I enjoy critiquing, talking, discussing film, talking about it, critiquing it. You know, like that's me. I'm Lee J. Cobb in this movie. Okay. Okay. Not to flex or anything, but I'm pretty sure I babysitted children worse than Regan. <laughs> <laughs> Babysit a kid so bad it makes you want to do an exorcism. Mm. Feel like the demon would have been able to get more done if it didn't spend so much time showboating, vomiting, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Just so busy thinking of uh, thinking of insults like like fucking like an insult comic or something yeah. that it, it forgets to like you know it forgets to put an evil plan in place. Celebrity roast. <laughs> I mean, what what is the evil plan in this movie? I don't know. Talk trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's like I'm a demon and I'm 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 like the most evil person ever. But I I'm gonna make really... you feel really bad about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a troll. He's the ultimate troll. He's yeah, the original exactly. troll. There you go. I wish I wish we didn't kill off Gilbert Gottfried because I would want to see like an Exorcist remake with the devil voice as Gilbert Gottfried. Your mother sucks cock in hell. The aristocrats. <laughs> Gotta admit that demon had some pretty sweet burns though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Does Pazuzu have a Twitter account? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> now he does. <laughs> yeah. well, not until maybe recently. That, maybe, until things got good. The, maybe the the like the, the demon's evil plan, right? He wanted to just go on Comedy Central. Like that was his. <laughs> no, no. I, the possessing people that was a means to an end. Yeah. What always is? Let's work my way up to the Comedy Central. I, I'm really, I'm really a writer director. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I wish she'd been possessed by someone nice like Casper the Friendly Ghost instead. <laughs> that would have been boring. He would have just made her do nice things and say nice things. Who, who wants to see that for two hours? And yeah, nobody would have even reported it. <laughs> wow, my daughter's, my, my daughter's extra friendly. Yeah, she looks a little fucked up. But, <laughs> but she's, she's been real nice lately, so I don't... <laughs> That's how I know something's wrong. <laughs> I, we don't have to do anything about this. I prefer this version of my it's, it's fine. Do we do we have to exercise her? It's probably fine, right? Yeah, it's okay. Mm. Not gonna lie, some of you need a devil bitch to crab walk into your lives and stir shit up. Been there. <laughs> Which we have not mentioned that that walk down the stairs was just you know yeah. crab walk. First much like, talk you know, about first much talk about stairs. And then okay, that's happening. Bye bye. Well, came and went. She yeah. didn't have. She didn't get possessed by the de- by the devil. She just had BPD. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. There it is. The scariest thing about this film was that Max von Sydow is only forty three when filming it. Yo, facts. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. straight facts. Yeah. For any of us over forty three, definitely facts. Yes. Yeah. It's four, four, forty six in I think thirty five days, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, he was he was, he was dealing with a lot. He went through the first exorcism, right? Like he did. Hey, and I'm not. Africa. What am I, chopped liver over here? No kidding. He did. He did the first <laughs> one, and he did the first one in what Africa? Like that's got to take a toll. That's right. <laughs> I love that their strategy of the demon out was have a boring old man come talk to it about religion. <laughs> I would leave too. <laughs> Same. Oh. <laughs> if the people write that one, that was good. <laughs> Have, have you considered converting to Catholicism? Like, no, oh, I'm fucking, I'm out, I'm, I'm out. Fucking gone. Forget this. 
Their first mistake was talking to someone named Captain Howdy on a Ouija board. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I was ready to place a money bet that that is what J. Andrew World subtitle was going to be uh, tonight. And it was Captain not. Howdy. Captain Howdy, yes. yeah. Yeah, I uh, was a bit distracted today. I understand. <laughs> no excuse. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Th- those are the, wow, th- those are the letterbox one-liners <laughs> for The Exorcist. Uh, please, 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 please follow the show. Uh, 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 which is a show account now at Movie Night Extra as of about three hours ago. Uh, we have a show account. It is, is independent of anybody on the show. <laughs> so we're never going to post anything on it. <laughs> No. What does well? Hold on. What what does that mean? Any, have, anybody can have four votes. I don't know. I have, have to log votes. in to figure it out. Yeah, we have we have an HQ account, which means allegedly that some of our nonsense might propagate into uh, the the greater letterbox world. But that that's a newer development. So mm-hmm. follow the show at Movie Night Extra, even if you think you already do follow the show. Because what you're really following is Haunted Regan there, the Happy Halloween head now, spins. Now I'm just always Flacco. At always Flacco. Uh, so if you if you follow him there, which is consistently what he is when he's not being banned from other <laughs> from other uh, for being for literally being Pazuzu for doing nothing wrong. Yeah, <laughs> just quoting Devo lyrics. <laughs> uh, so yeah, follow at Movie Night Extra for for the show, and then always Flacco f- uh, for Force. Oh my uh, God! Personal account. This is the this is this is literally what this, this movie was about. We're being possessed. The stream is being possessed. All right. Well, can, can I wait till my part is done over? <laughs> At Kona Neutron is me, the priest or boxer. You can uh, find me watching all the highbrow stuff, the midbrow, the populace fair. Only got one more in the Criterion Challenge, so probably going to knock that out this week, depending on, especially if things stay snowy. Oh, it's um, uh, it's the uh, it's the Make Way for Tomorrow remake. Uh, Tokyo Story. Tokyo Story. Oh my God! You left that for last. I saved that for last. Yeah, because I knew it's going to be a devastating. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've also been like, I've been watching like I watch Werewolves Within. I watch like I I've been watching more like goofier fare because I'm like, all right, I gotta stuff I gotta like Andy would watch. You like save the best for last. Not that, not that much. No, so. no, Werewolves not Within is you know decent. It's it's fine. Werewolves Within's good. It's got it's uh, yeah, yeah, Sam Watterson's great. Melina Wontrop, who's most known for the AT and T commercials, she's delightful in it. Like it's a good movie. It's it's good. It's fine. Yeah, call me yeah, back yeah. when you want to do Tokyo Story. Uh, for this sounds good. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm on there at Conan Neutron. Uh, Jay Andrew Possessed World over there. Rags like Rocky. Uh, he is watching all the weirdest stuff, so you don't have to, or uh, maybe so you can. I am not here to judge. I'm just calling balls and strikes. Yeah, I just found out that there's a movie called Shark Exorcist. <laughs> so there you go. That's the kind hey. of talk. Wait, I'm really so. Is there a shark in somebody that needs to be do. exercised? I, I have or, so many questions, but I don't want any of them answered. Or 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 or. Yeah, or no. Is it the demon? Is is the demon uh, a shark? Or I, I'm so confused. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch it and find out because I'm curious. I want to yeah. answer all these questions. <laughs> oh, see, I wouldn't waste two hours on it, but yeah, well, you shark, can just re- read Andy's shark. review. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'm going to take the. I'm going to throw myself on the grenade for that one for for you guys. Oh so. uh, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're real selfless. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What a humanitarian this guy is over here. Weirdly enough. <laughs> So it has it has a it has a twenty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which uh, is higher than two of the Exorcist movies that both oh. have an eleven percent. <laughs> Fair yes. enough. 
Uh, anyway, so Andy's all busy over there doing that. Uh, the power of Chris, as in Christina, compels you to follow her on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Christina. She is uh, she's, she's back and logging stuff. So, uh, yeah. you know, largely Killian Murphy related, but that, that counts. And yes. uh, please follow her and her various antics uh, there yeah. as well. Critic reviews for Shark Exorcist. So bad even <laughs> Satan is taking himself off the credits. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's 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 one of the two reviews it got. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> one of the other one was more favorable. Uh our good friend Matthew, our long enduring good friend, Matthew Film Guy, uh at, man. <laughs> is not Catholic but still scared shitless. He's uh, at Langdon Boom. He's very uh, brand consistent with that, but he's got an excellent Letterboxd account that uh, you should follow if you don't already. Any fan of the show would be lucky to uh, get such insights such as him, even when he's dead fucking wrong about movies, which happens all the time. Uh, but I'm that's, waiting for it to happen, but yeah. Yes, constantly is when it happens, <laughs> but uh, it's still delightful to read. J. Andrew, Possess World, please, please. Please do not talk about Shark Exorcist and just do the plugs instead. No, I was just going to do the plugs because right now you're watching us on YouTube. <laughs> and please do those YouTube things. Look at that. I just went right through it. <laughs> um, anyway. That was good. That's Stevie. That's probably a Stevie one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell. And of course, the big ask is watch the video to the end. That helps us in the algorithm that lets other movie fans find our stuff. But you get the uh, you get to hear a great Conan Neutron song. So it's a win-win. Um do that if you're especially over- if it gets pulled into a tubular bells kind of situation it <laughs> <laughs> makes me a millionaire great we need we we, we, need, we need some kind of uh some kind of song to get us through have you guys heard the movie night extravaganza theme song <laughs> if, if you're i'm not over- kidding i'm totally okay with that by the way <laughs> if you're watching us on twitch right now um you know uh do the twitch thing uh subscribe if you happen to tubular have jaws. a um <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. wrong about hereditary matthew oh, okay. oh. oh calling out All right. yeah there we go sorry um, go consider it yeah if, if you're over on uh twitch right now uh and you happen to have an amazon prime account you can subscribe to this channel for free does not cost you anything but really does help us out it's like um, the audience to get something from watching some of these shows but whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well are you not entertained um wait wrong movie i'm back quoting other movies uh, in in the middle of your own bit that you're interrupting, I do. know, uh, <laughs> which is quite as, quite astounding. You didn't even wait for us to do it. I know. Um, <laughs> if uh, you, we we are on social media, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, uh, and uh, Blue Sky. So if uh, any of those happens to be your your social media of choice, uh, find us there. Um, <laughs> any of those happen to be your drug of choice? <laughs> Yeah, Get some of um, that blue sky. Pop over, say hi to us. So, you know, isn't, we, that, isn't that the uh, the the meth from Breaking Bad? That was they're like. I think so. I think yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, please please find us and uh, <laughs> follow us uh, on all those sites. Yeah, and, and, uh, and all seven thousand things Andy just said. Correct. Yes. Uh, here, here's a way for Conan not to interrupt. Um, was it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll mute everybody. Go ahead. What's coming up this week on Protonic Reversal? Uh, Gary Floyd of the Dicks. Uh, hate the police fame. Uh, Sister Double Happiness. Uh, legendary punk rock fella. Uh, really excited to have him on. 
he doesn't do a lot of interviews. So, um, yeah, that, that should be a really good one. And the Brian Cook episode from Russian Circles, Sumac, um, Botch. A little, little, little band called Botch. Uh, shark. <laughs> sharks. Uh, these arms uh, are snakes. I got sharks on the freaking mind now. The shark exorcist is like dominating me. Uh, he is uh, out to the general feed uh, tomorrow. So people that are interested in seeing that, but too cheap to pay a dollar. <laughs> Congrats. So, which is what your Patreon costs. Um, yeah. My, misers rejoice. It's 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 coming out uh, tomorrow. Yeah. One dollar. Yeah, One dollar yeah. a month. Yeah. Correct. And it helps. It really does help keep the lights on over at the Neutron household. Yes, and it just started snowing, so yeah, I, that's no correlation. It's just a thing that's happening. Am I? <laughs> I'm the one that yeah. shovels it. It's not that lucky. I've been told allegedly, if you put your Christmas decorations up early, it'll snow where you live. Newsflash: It does snow in my area of South Carolina. Do you want me to send it to you? I can yes. FedEx it to you overnight. There we go. It's gonna melt though. <laughs> well. Sure. It's going to be water. <laughs> anyway, yeah, subscribe to my show. That has nothing to do with any of the things we just talked about. Thank you. Correct. Uh, but you can go to also neutronfriends.bandcamp.com if you mm -hmm. want to really find that thing that you want to make Conan known about. Um, it's all right there, people. It's all right there. He doesn't care uh, which thing it is. Neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. All of the beats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just pick pick a song. Pick a song and make it go viral. Um, that, that that's that's your job. My my assumption is that's what there TikTok, that's what TikTok is. It's just pick a song and make it go viral. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we have uh, we have the We Were Wolves video premiere uh, off of Adult Prom, which is the split long the most recent one that was just recent. Um, there is actually Mark Borchardt, um, the great director who was a friend of the show, who's been on the show, was in the chat earlier. He his video for Wild Antics, which is basically me acting like a fool for at least uh, two and a half minutes, is going to be a great song. It's going. Thank you very much. I agree. It is going to be premiering on Wednesday uh, on Punk News, I think. And then um, we did we never we didn't cover Crybullies because I don't exist unless I'm on stream. Uh, but uh, Crybullies has been out for a while, and Andy they, they helped with me. <laughs> and oh which is funny because it's the most it's the most relevant to like the world of this show but like uh, andy helped quite a bit the, the i guess you call it production design and art for that uh he, he all over it otherwise it's just me and tony in front of a green screen and nobody cares about that um so uh, that's that's out as well as everything else also Bandcamp friday on this friday and um we may or may not have a new t-shirt design but anyway show you slice it that record's only a month old like i feel like i've done a hundred thousand things <laughs> since then but if you are interested in music which is not an assured bet you could do worse than adult prom and uh oh. you can you can buy yourself a copy uh and it doesn't go yeah, to band camp pretty good too lung is fantastic oh look at this look at this look at look at matthew like giving the assist yeah. here hold on let's solo layout he's got these going the classic logo designs the mm -hmm. uh, x-men logo is what i call that very comfortable too very <laughs> comfortable, comfortable. t-shirt we do not we do not make uncomfortable t-shirts. I don't like uncomfortable t-shirts. You, you shouldn't either. Uh, so we'll, we'll have, there's going to be something new for sale that kind of has to be. Just I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but we also have overstock t-shirts that, like, there's only a few of uh, the ones that Matthew was showing left and a few of the Dark Passengers ones left as well. So I'll probably blow out price those. It's a collector's item. Exactly. I'm going to stop washing it. <laughs> Starts. Put it on eBay. Put it on your eBay. Not yet, but soon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
And of course, no more tour dates uh, for for now. Uh, but but not, you know, not not this year, not this year. Woohoo, indeed, Mark. Thank you. But but oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's premiering you know. on Wednesday. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> you directed the video and I didn't tell him. That's awesome. My bad. <laughs> I'm telling him now. Director is oh. always the last to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, th- th- there's some stuff in, in spring that's a hundred thousand years from now. Yeah. So. I want to yeah. know if he slapped you to get the performance out of you. <laughs> he pulled a he pulled a freaking yeah. It's quite a taskmaster, this poor shark. <laughs> and uh, Christina, you, you've been uh, busy because uh, you've uh, been doing nothing but streaming the past couple of days on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, my mom is sick, so we haven't been able to work, but we'll start working tomorrow. We got rent due. So it went up $200. It's now uh, 11, 1125 Nice. I resubscribed today on Twitch when I... Yay! So, I don't I don't know what that means for you, but I'm I done with shirts. What does "I'm done with shirts" mean? Oh, Manny is is, is uh is anti clothes, which we love. No, oh. he went to he went to a Palestine you know event <laughs> scared, and he wore the scared shirtless uh, is pretty great. He painted way. the Palestine logo like the flag on him it was really cool. Oh, okay, cool. All right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got I did like a nine and a half hour stream, which is all dedicated to spooky and Halloween related stuff. I caught uh, at least an hour of it. It was very good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then last night you you were on uh, Give Them an Argument uh, yes. with, uh, without Ben Burgess. Yes, um, that was fun too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they, quite a bit of rabbit holes. Yeah, they, they let me uh, like uh, pick a bu- curate a bunch of weird videos. And uh, we went down some crazy places last night uh, with Ravana. Yeah, that was intense, that last video. <laughs> That was so much. And we didn't even really delve into the pedophilia of it. No. Nope. Thank God we didn't. Yeah, I just yeah, it was just horrible. But if you want to see uh that that you can check out Christina and Ravana on Yeah, you're really selling it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well you know, we, we did find out about Taylor Swift's connection to the occult. Um, yes. Obvious. You know, <laughs> people are talking about this should, more and more. Celebrities should just do what Michael Jackson did for the throne music video. Put a little warning. And now people don't think it's satanic, I think. Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift was the last exorcist anybody, you know, exorcism anybody did. It didn't take, though. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, Sherry. What? <laughs> <laughs> And of course, uh, you can support Christina over at Patreon uh, at uh, patreon.com slash cosmopolitics. We love Christina. Give her money. Thank you. Yes, please. Yes. Because none of us have any. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how some of my friends can do it. We ain't making it on this show, I guarantee you. (laughs) We're slowly making it bit by bit. You know, you get sense. Sense every show. You get a super chat every once in a while. But but Matthew, you, you got uh, you know parachute is is uh, eventually going to come out, which which I cannot wait for. Um, Me neither. Uh, making yeah, the festival you know, rounds. I think the next one is Rain Dance. So if anybody's in the UK, go check mm, it out there. Coming up, mm, and be on the lookout. They can't. Yeah, they can't keep it on the festival circuit forever. No, because uh, you know it's it's directed by Brittany Snow, who who um, I know as an actress. I think everybody else kind of does too, because she was yeah. an ex in the I Pitch didn't, Perfect. I didn't movies. know who she was. Um, yeah, I love her an ex. <laughs> oh, she was great, ex. Um, so, Pitch Perfect yeah. is what everybody really knows her from. I, I've that? never seen any of those. Films. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's I didn't get her. And she looked at me like, "What?" 
<laughs> it's, uh, it's like they do sing downs, like sing contests. Yeah. Not it, it came out right Archipelle around the time Glee, uh, uh, or like as Glee was kind of winding down and kind of like picked up where Glee left off. Yeah, it's not all acapella too. Yeah, it's it's great. not. It, it, you know, it, this is nothing like that. Stuff, this is this is a it, it, yeah. Parachute's a very personal indie kind of drama, and it's uh, really good. So I can't wait for more. <laughs> Sing downs. Is that like a beach off? Good question. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like a beach off, but for women. Yeah, but, uh, yes. yeah, no. Parachute does sound absolutely fascinating, and, and I mean, it's got Dave Bautista in it, who, who's fantastic. And I don't know, is he has he done drama like this before? I think he actually has, but this is definitely, you know, he, he's semi straight in this, but he does have some comic relief, so you get what you want from some Dave Bautista cameos. It's really cool. excellent. And, and of course, people can sign up for your film appreciation class starting on November fourteenth. Yeah, come out. I know a couple people I saw in the chat are some uh, former uh, students uh, come out. It's basically just me leading a discussion. It's not really like a lecture. We watch a movie that I send you a link to uh, the week before. And then on Tuesday at noon Eastern time, we all get together and we just sort of talk it out. And I'm showing movies that I haven't seen myself. So I'm always learning something new from the discussions. And we got a really great group of intelligent, inquisitive people from all over the world, various ages demographics it's a uh, it's a lot of fun so if you're looking for an excuse sort of like a book club to see a movie that maybe you think i wouldn't put it on myself unless i'm sort of socially pressured to that's what i use it for so you can come check out that and you can see a letterbox my list of all the movies that we've seen so you get a taste of the kind of stuff i'm picking i've been doing some sight and sound poll stuff to sort of complete that mm. list so mm. that's sort of the method to my madness but i'm not just switching <laughs> criterion soon because i'm getting to the end there and also, we try to keep it under like two and a half hours. So any of those real epic ones, we don't get to. But anyway, yes, thank you, Andy. Come join my film class. Letter Hack has spoken highly of it. Uh, friend of the show. Indeed. Former guest of the show. One of my star students. <laughs> and of course, you can always catch him on Majority Report whenever he shows up. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, like one Friday a month or something like that. We yeah, just sound like he's know. like skipping class. What did what, you say about it? Ish. I'm due. So you'll see me around. Yeah, too bad it couldn't happen before the show aired, huh? <laughs> By the way, we're having Sam come back. Uh, Apparently, in two <laughs> if weeks. You ever, if you ever write me back, yeah. Gotta get my outfit ready. <laughs> I think we're gonna be doing ordinary people, uh, which which is great yeah. because there's that documentary that's coming out right before it. So, come on back, Matt. Two weeks from now, I'm dying to get back in class. Today. He says, "Yeah." There you go. All right. They're dying to get in. <laughs> we actually watched Nosferatu today for Halloween theme. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Movies, but that was a lot of fun. I had never seen it, and it's one of those ones where oh, you've yeah. seen clips. So you've you never seen it? What, no, the black not, and white one? End end. The silent movie? Yeah. F.W. Okay. Murnau. Did you, you call Shadow? yourself a film guy. Exactly. Did you ever see Shadow of the Vampire? Uh, no, in fact, I want to see that. I was waiting to watch that until I actually saw the movie, but now that I seen that i'm going to see that very soon by uh, e elias marybridge who made begotten one of the most yeah. truly horrifying movies of all time but it's funny you say that christina because that's literally what i use this class for any movie that i say i haven't seen and people go you call yourself a film guy that's the movie i bring to the class there you go so yeah. mission accomplished <laughs>
Yeah, no, I was just checking because I didn't know if it was the 76 version with... Uh... <laughs> no, not the Herzog version. I, I want to see that too, actually. But I haven't seen Nosferatu, but I've heard uh, jokes There's a newer about version it. with exactly. Bill Skarsgård and Lily Rose Depp, so that should be interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sha- Sha- I think Shadow of the Vampires, I have not seen it since it came out, which was a very long time ago, but I remember Same. liking it quite a bit. I, like, I it was, it was an interesting take on things. it. So. Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, again, I'm not really a horror guy, but it was fun talking Exorcist with you guys for sure. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Because it's not quite a horror film. It's actually a, a supernatural detective film. Exactly. I only do supernatural detective movies. A social <laughs> horror film or something like that. Right, that's got to be um, the end of the plugs, right? Uh, Forrest, yeah, you're going to be yeah. on uh, on uh, Letterhack show, right? Yeah, I'm going to be on Letterhack show on uh, on Monday, I think. Finally. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been asking. You know, I was like, I know a guy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Come on, get me on there. Um, he's, he's doing a month of, he's doing a month of uh, producers, like people that do like left media production. Oh, cool. So I, I'm not sure who else he's gonna do for that month, but your time has arrived. <laughs> Even though it's been quite a, a bit of time since I've kind of done that, but you know. I did. I did for like a few, like a few years. So nine thirty p.m. Eastern time, he says. It's yep. like the mafia. Once you're in, you're in. Yes. <laughs> through through all the through all the drama <laughs> that the inner show, the inner podcast drama. I'm sorry. We're gonna have to take you out. <laughs> exactly. It's your time. You Be talk. First. You talk to someone on the outside of the left media sphere. You come to me this day, the day of my streaming premiere. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you come to me this day, the day of my podcast. Yeah, it's the same Basically thing. the same thing. Oh, yeah. God. Great. Final thoughts or what? What are we doing here? Yeah. Matthew, you <laughs> got some final thoughts. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, Andy, do you have he, something else? That's... I just wanted to make sure that, because that, I think I skipped over the fact that we are doing an after party tonight. Are we? We're yeah. doing a short one. <laughs> yeah. That's kidding. what we agreed on, right? Okay, cool. Sweet. Sure. Well, I, said, okay. I said if we do one, it would have to be short. I, but yeah, we could do one. You're you're like my mom right now. She she's got whatever you have, which is probably yeah, like a bad I'm head just, cold. Yeah, I'm just fucking. I, I hate it. I I'm I turn into such a little fucking baby when I get sick too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not taking care of you. <laughs> uh, I'm dying. You have a cold. Uh, I'm dying. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got some final thoughts? Uh, actually, my only final thoughts is is what does you guys were alluding to separate this movie? Not just that it's a supernatural detective story and so on, but the things that I, I feel like modern horror forgot. And again, I'm not knocking people who love modern modern horror, but it, I am. It okay? Then I'll join you, I guess. But it, <laughs> this movie reminds you, and and also other the the other classics like Rosemary's Baby. They, they remind you that it has to be grounded in something honest and real. It's not yeah. just about the flying above the bed, right? It's, or the pea soup. These are the things that the sort of, again, I haven't seen the sequels, but it feels like they've sort of photocopied it down the world, uh, down the line that it's, they thought it was, this is what made it unique and, and meaningful. And instead it just sort of cut the soul out of it. So as long as it's horror in the sense that it's grounded in real lived experience, like this movie is, uh, I'm there for it. And I think that's what explains the, longevity of a movie like this is that is all the family stuff all the medical stuff all the you know the 
power dynamics between doctors and patients and all this other stuff that has nothing to do with, you know, pea soup and flying above and, and whether there's a God or not. Uh, well, so and we, we even talked about this uh, the other day with like the the original um, a Nightmare on Elm Street and like yeah. New Nightmare. Like those, those, perfect like, example. Yeah, it's, it's grounded in something that really does terrify you, right? Right, like yeah. uh, like the, the the fact that there's an entire unconscious time where you're sleeping that anything could really and the happen sins of the family you know? of the ha of the people in the neighborhood that took vengeance yeah. on this guy and what he yeah. did and what they couldn't talk about and then it turns into Freddy going you know like you've got the body I've got the brain you know like this yeah. the one liners and, and things and as it they... goes on and on and on mm. and don't get me wrong I love those all as a kid too but it doesn't but New Nightmare made him scary long. again rather than being like a clown that gets like it cheered on at a talk show appearance it, exactly yeah. exactly so that's the to me what. I'm there for any movie that has that to it. I don't care what you call the genre or so on and so forth. I was Freddy Krueger's Freddy Krueger's like, I'm logging this on Letterboxd right now. <laughs> I was reminded, unfortunately, about Hellraiser 3 earlier today by my friend James Woodard of uh, Grasshopper Lies Heavy. And, uh, and just like how there was a character like that had like the CDs in his head that was like throwing the CDs and the guy that threw the Molotov cocktails because uh, he was a bartender, I guess. And it's like... Yeah, you Which took one, one of the that? most uh, the the Hellraiser three terrible oh, terrible oh, yeah, film. The original Hellraiser is fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And, and two's two is pretty good too. And two is okay, but yeah. like three is what the fuck? Not <laughs> great. And four is in space. So enough said. Right. Exactly. And a period space. drama, a period drama, and in space, two terrible things. Yeah, yeah. it great. seems like all the horror sequels and uh, just forget about what really made it work and just go for right. the surface stuff. Exactly. What we really need is a, is a fellow throwing CDs like throwing stars. That's that's a centibite we need. <laughs> it's have you seen that one? It's don't watch it if you no, have it. Don't have do it. it. I'll wait to the Horrible. end of all the other three thousand movies I have. <laughs> and the last one is a uh, Hellraiser three. Oh, <laughs> as I die. Yeah. Like, huh? That was horrible. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for having me again, guys. Always yeah. fun. Especially yeah. and even when Andy interrupts with Weird Al anecdotes. By the way, the subtext is it's Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth, is, is just in case you're, you want to put that right in your watch list. Is that, is that the one with uh, Terry Farrell from uh, Deep Space Nine? Is that, is that Ooh, the one she's in? So, yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. Or Leprechaun yes. in Space, which one of those? Yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah, that I don't even think the first Leprechaun was actually <laughs> that bad. Yeah. Terry Farrell is absolutely in Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I knew it was in my list of things that I might see for some obscure reason, but now I won't. All right. Well, Christina, final thoughts. I saw this when I was 11 and fell in love with it. I think it's probably considered, I think it's my favorite horror movie of all time, without a doubt. Even just the, it just, it's aged so well between the effects, the makeup, uh, the, all the stunts and whatnot, even the plot of doubts of faith, you know, all of that is still like relevant to this day. And not many horror movies can actually say that they have aged well and, and stood the test of time. But I think The Exorcist definitely has. And some of these, some of these hoes still be masturbating with crucifixes. So, you know, Leprechaun Hill Racing crossover. More, more, more hoes, probably. Yeah, more, more hoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's only in space is when that crossover will happen and only in my worst nightmare thank you yeah, but Jason Jason too, while we're at it. leprechaun hellraiser sure. in the all hood. of them they're always yeah. sorry all in the hood floating around in zero g's correct uh andy final thoughts 
you know, I love the fact that this movie has this such a slow build to it. Like, like you don't quite know what it's about. Um, I, and I know like everybody says it's like, oh, it's the scariest thing you've ever seen. But the, the fear is actually like rooted in real world stuff. It is it is the fear of a parent. It, it is, uh, you know, um, and the fear I, of had, medical procedures, which I have badly. I, I have a child on the autism spectrum and I've kind of felt like going, th I was going through some of the stuff that, that uh, some of these mm. steps. So like mm. um, th it's hard relatable uh, with, with uh, this. And, and that's where, where some of the, the, the actual fear comes from. It's not the, the, I mean, honestly, I find the, the possessed stuff kind of funny, but the, um, uh, the, the buildup to it, like, like, the, the medical person that's that's the horror of the movie um but then you also have this great character study deconstructing this this uh priest going on at the same time as as this horror movie and then it gets to this this hilarious uh uh go of of uh you know things flying around and and uh, people going out windows and it's 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 a it's a good time had by all and then they all go see a movie at the end you want to talk about true horrors? The horrors of medical debt. <laughs> American people, sick and tired. You, you know, not being able to put your yeah, mom in a home that's comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it. It is like the the one of the things is like the fear of like uh, you know the subpar care you get at a public hospital because you can't. Yeah, uh, talk like, about a home. weird thing that unfortunately carried over and is just as terrifying now. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, we are sick and tired of being distracted by demons while our mothers <laughs> sit in a uh, public hospital. That, which, by, by the way, if you've ever seen like photos and stuff of those New York City public hospitals, like from the the seventies and eighties, I mean, not that there are any, not that public hospitals are any better now, but like they're fucking terrifying. Like they would put you like Bellevue and stuff like that. Like they yeah, put you a in a fucking war. Yeah, not not great, folks. Not great. It's like the the you know mental health version of Rikers Island essentially, um, but uh, but the, Conan, you got some final thoughts. The American people are sick and tired of these demons talking trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually don't have a ton of final thoughts this time. I just think it's a remarkable film, remarkable use of pea soup. <laughs> and host, I'd say remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. And these hosts still be throwing up pea soup. Uh, holds a special category in the pantheon of, of uh, the genre of horror by both embodying and exemplifying and uh, be, being not even of it. Uh, and that is a, a wonderful place to be. Great film. And last thing, of course, is dyslexic exorcist be like, your mother cooks socks in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>